15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Wait a minute. I've heard that before. That's the note Jeremy wrote to me in my yearbook in the sixth grade. How'd you even know that? Because it's from Geico. Yeah, yeah wait, here it is. Dear Luke, have a great summer. P.S. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Love, Jeremy. Geico's had this tagline for years because we help save people money. So wait, you're saying Jeremy copied you? <laughs> yeah, that actually does sound like something the J-Man would do. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Alright, Matthew. Yeah. So, special request from the thousands that watch us. They we have, have a thousand? We have a thousand. You didn't tell me. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> from the, from the, from the so repeated thousand people that watch us on TikTok um, and Snapchat and Quibi. Yeah, oof, I was about to say Quibi. I like, <laughs> you see, everyone's always like, oh, MySpace, but I feel like that joke's too easy now. Like, it's like the boring version of that Yeah. Joke. People like, it's are like, just... oh, uh, my, like, I feel like whenever I, like, I still say it, and then afterwards I'm like, God, I hate myself. Really? I mean, I never, I never hate myself. I really do like well, myself. I, okay, not hate myself, but like, for this one second, I am the wrong. I'm in the strongly wrong. dislike. I strongly dislike myself <laughs> in <laughs> this moment, and only this moment. <laughs> we've been requested to review a TV show. Yes, uh, we have been requested to review Doctor Who. So I'm no. very interested. Oh, your <laughs> <laughs> We have been requested by myself for mm. this podcast to review and uh, kind of talk about the show Mad Men. So uh, oh, wow. you wanna? How did how did me and you both get to watching this show, right? Because it's a very interesting tale. So for me, I was a wee lad in 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 the depths of hell, and I had nothing to watch. And so the gods over at Netflix kept recommending this one show, and I was like, you know what? I looked at the the title as you do. Mm-hmm. Then I looked at the description. Well, actually, that's wrong. I looked at the photo, and it was a guy wearing a suit. So I'm automatically interested. Because you don't put a guy wearing a suit on a picture unless he's going to be wearing it often. Mm-hmm. And it's I'm, such an I'm interesting a... question for a title. Like, why are these men so mad? Yeah. <laughs> and maybe. I mean, I, I didn't yeah, fucking And, and the answer is just, oh, they live on Mad- They work on Madison Avenue. <laughs> Dude, when That's I found answer. that out, when I found that out, I was genuinely pissed because I'm like, damn. Because I, I didn't get a job that I wanted and it was on Madison Avenue. But, really? Um, oh, you could have been a madman. Literally, I will be. Don't worry. No, I, I no, no, definitely. No. I I told you I am just in. Uh, yeah. In, yeah. That's, yeah. You did tell funny. me. I'm not gonna dox myself on stream, but. Where, where'd you say you live? North Dakota. Uh yeah, actually <laughs> shit. I guess I am gonna dox myself on stream. The code is. It's like now. Let me stop. But uh, we. So I watched it um a year ago. Uh, the reason I watched it is because it was about business. I was very interested in that, but. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not just about business. And mind you, there will be spoilers. Um, if you haven't seen it already, we've pretty much failed because under, it's gone. We're not, we're not giving, like, the premise of this. This is not going to be, like, we're literally just going to... It's like a spoiler about, cast, basically. Yeah, we're just talking about uh, something that yeah, we, we, we both this, like. This, uh, this you were, it's under the impression that you've already seen the show. And so when we reference things, you're like, hmm, like, what part is that? Like, you, you have... It's under the impression you have a base understanding and you've seen and it also is under the impression that you like hearing both of our disgusting voices speak 
Uh, yes. Uh, you know, I know it's a lot of barriers to get through, but we're going to get through. It's a lot, man. I'm surprised I can, like, bear with you for an hour. But yeah. uh, And, you know, what's funny about this show is that we both watched it at the same time. Well, no, we both started watching it at the same time, didn't tell each other, Mm -hmm. and then we did. And I... I stopped watching it, not because I didn't like it at first. I finished the first season, but then I went off to college. And then I just didn't have time to. Like, I was just so busy. I didn't have time to, like, sit down and, like, watch television, like, dramas like that, really. And I, I was dare like, you. Yeah, like, I didn't... I, I, because, I don't know, I just didn't have time for it. So when quarantine happened, I was like, fuck it, I'm going to finish it. Because you actually, like, binged through it. And you were like, no, like, you need to keep watching. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's whatever. I'll, I'll get to it eventually. And then yeah it was uh it was worth it it was very much worth it it's i mean actually since we just talked about i kind of actually want to maybe start with well first of all general overview of what you think of the show and i actually want to start discussion wise with the flaws because i feel like i'm gonna be jerking the show off for excellent i want to start out with the flaws but first like overall like rating out of 10 like what would you give this show so so before we do that i do want to uh, prefaces by saying is that a word preface or is it preface yeah no it's preface preface yeah i'm sorry i'm foreign so you know um i don't know how i got in this country i uh, don't tell trump but um <laughs> what matt will be leading the conversation mostly because the last time i saw this was over a year ago yes so matt will be and i couldn't watch it because and also if you haven't seen it you're pretty much shit out of luck because it sold out and netflix decided it was a good idea to get rid of it maybe it wasn't netflix's fault but i'm gonna blame netflix because they it's just need to, to deal do. with imdb tv so unfortunately this show i don't the thing is streaming so weird now like i don't want this show to be forgotten because i i think this is a show that left a pretty big impact on i kind of want it to be forgotten just so i could enjoy it and be smug about it well, okay well that's i i i like that side of it as well because right. like as someone who would like who got who liked community before it got big now it's i'm starting to feel the effects a little bit i was like i just want the show to be popular now that it is i'm like ooh, man this the, does not feel as good as it part, thought it would be yeah because the worst part is then like people start to have opinions and they're always the wrong opinions well the thing is i i, I hate talking about shows like this because but it's like I feel like when a show's smaller and has a more passionate fan base that gets a lot of its themes and stuff more. And it's nicer. Yeah, it's right. Yeah. When I things mean, are smaller, they're nicer because you know why? You can't fuck people over because it's not big enough. Like it's true, and it's it's not even like I feel like when and I I hate talking about it like but like when basic people start watching shows like like Community, like they're they're not laughing at the stuff that's actually funny. They're laughing at the really obvious stuff, and I hate talking yes. about it like. A, like a pretentious ass but it, you it's are one like, yeah no i agree <laughs> but, <laughs> but like it's it, it definitely i'm glad it stuff like that is more popular now because like then like oh there might be a community movie but i'm also like man the fans of this show used to be a lot funnier <laughs> yeah um go, going back to uh the show the rating i don't know if i should give it one because i haven't seen this in over a year Alright, that's clearly fair. If 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 I have to, uh between a seven or an eight or I'm sorry, that's not how I do ratings, is it? Fuck it, for this one I'll I'll steal your rating system. Mm-hmm. Seven, seven or eight out of ten. That's not usually how I do it. I do it out of five. But, okay. You know, we'll give it a four. We'll give it a four. 
four out of five. Four or three. Four. Okay. Yeah, three or four out of five. Something like that. Um. So my Probably rating four. for this show is going to be interesting because I don't think that it's the thing is with a show like Seven Seasons, it's going to have flaws. So I, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Uh, <laughs> I it definitely has certain storylines I don't think were that great, certain moments, but like in terms of like how much good is there, and like how much the good stuff, how good it was, I have to give it like a nine, and I'm honestly thinking a ten just in terms of personal wow. enjoyment. Because if I okay, because I think about it like this, right? I'm thinking. There are a lot of dramas I... You know how every show has, like, the bad episode? Like, oh, well, you know, this is a perfect show, but, man, that there's that one episode that just sucks. I can't think of a single episode of Mad Men that I'm like, oh, that one episode's the bad one. Like, the worst episode of Mad Men is, like, a B-. minus. That's, that's still not a 4.0 GPA, though, so you can't get accepted. Okay, but, like, that's... that's a, The worst episode is, like, a B-, minus, and every other episode's B- a like it's just top marks so mm. i might honestly give it a 10 because when you have it this long and like the arcs are like this good over the course of like however long it is and it like doesn't because like you may disagree but i think in terms of every season it's not there's not like a bad season either like it very it, i think some are slightly better than the others but it all like is basically on the same level it's not like man they really dropped the ball that season like i don't know what the fuck they were doing there yeah you know what I mean? yeah i could i could agree with that yeah so i'd get and, and in terms of personal and i'm gonna get into yeah, we're, it, all like pers- we're all personal we're all personal personal like how it affected me i think how did it affect I, I had to give it a 10 how did it affect did it, we'll, we'll did, get, it we'll get, did it make you an alpha no no and the, you know we'll get into that too the uh <laughs> the, this is why i talk about the wrong kind of audience the the beta male yeah yeah the, the beta male it that turned me stupid into shit. an alpha and alpha like uh like greg Jones alpha and omega <laughs> anyway so <laughs> i kind of want to start with flaws of the show because i'm i'm gonna be hey man it's your show it's not mine. It's uh, called Matthew Weiner's show. Uh, oh, former writer. I, I just found this out today. Former writer for The Sopranos. So I mean, wow. Yeah, dude, the dude's killing it. God damn. Yeah, so we like writer in terms of like like he uh, how, like, well he joined like season five ish of The Sopranos. Like not like a lead writer. Like not the, okay, like, okay. the showrunner, yeah. but like a still writer. good enough. Yeah, yeah, still good yeah enough. like that's. Dude, yeah, we have him on the Hollywood Bible. I would definitely have Matthew Weiner. <laughs> on the uh, hollywood bible but yeah uh can you think of any flaws on top of your head it could be like specific storylines or like or maybe like more broad stuff right now i might have you go first so i can branch off okay yours. uh i told you this before that the the acting in the show 90 i'm gonna say like 98 percent of it is like top notch like literally top tier television but there's this weird two percent that is just fucking terrible <laughs> right and I, there are some I can't I can't think of specific examples except for no, one. Yeah, yeah go the, ahead, go ahead. Mention the one, him. the one played by Matthew <laughs> Weiner's son, the, the character Glenn. Oh, that's his ter- son. Yo, we're not gonna have him on the fucking podcast. Yeah, he put his <laughs> son in, and he is terrible. No, no, hold up. Have you seen any other acting by him? By the son? Yes, because no. is he just played out like that? Is that his character to be weird? The thing is, I feel like he wasn't supposed to be in the beginning, but the kid was so bad they made him that way. Mm. 
it's just like okay i get that the thing is you recasted bobby draper like six times what just recast your son like he's not good like when you get a good kid actor like sally draper is a very good kid actor like they got lucky with that that does not happen yeah. often you should have just bit the bullet and we're just like no like we're, we're, we're done here <laughs> i'm sorry son but like they don't he's really bad in a lot of scenes a lot of the stuff with betty is supposed to come across like it's supposed to be weird but it comes off even like it comes off i cringy. enjoyed it because he wants he wants a milf i can respect of, i, I you can know respect me. it too i just wish she gave a more convincing performance of wanting it but like wouldn't you be nervous if you were that young trying to fuck a milf yeah but he's like that with everyone he's like that with his own mother he probably wants to fuck his okay that was a weird storyline with him with, with the mom too. remember when betty just slapped that woman in, in the supermarket oh his mom yeah like he she, Listen, betty, man, gave, like betty. betty gave glenn a lock of hair and then the mom's like why would you do that and then she just slapped her in the face <laughs> so i don't i don't know why are you asking me stupid questions <laughs> Like, she didn't even respond. She just slapped <laughs> on the face. Was... Yeah, one time I did that. <laughs> no, you didn't. I, I, I swear I did. You I slapped swear. someone in the face. I They they were... But it wasn't it wasn't like that. But it, they were... Uh, oh, like a they playful, were just... like, little... No, 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 no. It was a slap. No, it was it was a full-on slap. You know what I mean? But <laughs> they... Uh, the, they it wasn't they didn't ask me a question they were just laughing at something silly and i just took offense to it so i just slapped them <laughs> very silly it was like a silly little thing you know silly spooky little thing like, yeah. like the petty <laughs> fuck you <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh yeah that's yeah there's like other there's some secretaries who are bad at, well the thing is i think meredith's actually <laughs> a bad actress but like she actually works for me <laughs> by the end, is great by the end she's probably my the best secretary don draper's ever had like she's actually funny wait is that the old woman or is that the no that's the uh that's the one who like season seven at the end when he's like that's his secretary then she's like, like the... she's his secretary when he moves to mccann like all the way at the end okay is that the one with like the really annoying voice yeah and like talks really slowly or speaks mm -hmm. really slow okay yeah okay yeah she she's she's actually funny i think she was bad at first and then they just took her like weird inflections and made like a pretty funny character out of it so i'm glad of that uh i can't think of any other specific examples i just remember there being weird guest stars that were like not that great and i don't know you know there was i read today you know the uh the scene where pete like basically like manipulates a woman into having sex with him with like the dress like he like fixes a dress for her that she yes got yes yes yeah 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 do you know why it came across as rapey as it did because i just thought it, that was the scene go on so i read today that the actress refused to kiss it was supposed to be in the script she kisses like first or kisses back like pete but she in the script like it was supposed to say that but the actress refused on set to do it Oh, then you fire her but the thing is they had like no time so like i think she's blacklisted from hollywood like she refused Good. to kiss him back and like no the actor who, who plays pete was like fucking pissed he's like i don't know why she wouldn't fucking do it that's like yeah so, that's just unprofessional that's very unprofessional that's so weird i've never read something that odd and like his quote is the only thing i learned about it like he like that's so weird to me 
Yeah, because, like, it's one thing if you, like, don't want to do kiss. Like, right, let's say you're married or something like that and, like, you just don't want to do it out of respect. That's fine. But you let the person know beforehand. You know what I mean? Yeah, or you she don't read go the after script, those parts. wanted the part, exactly. went, got on set, and didn't do it. Like, that's just unprofessional. And Stupid, it's a tight, bitch. it's a tight, it's a tight, like, shooting schedule. So, like, they couldn't find a replacement. So they just had to go with it. What a dumbass. All right. Um, uh, all right. Acting, not great. Um, so we're, we're we're jumping ahead here, but in season seven, me and you have a different perspective on this. But you watched on Netflix, correct? I did. I yeah. The greatest. So you, of my life. there was no split for you of like the uh, like season seven A and season seven B, basically. When you when you told me this, I thought you were drunk. When I told you this. Yeah, I thought you were, like, drunk, no. or you had taken something, no. or maybe so, somebody was impersonating you. So, when I started like watching the shows on Netflix, but it got taken off, and I, I watched the first four seasons at this point, I'm like, alright, I like it so much, I want to, like, get the DVDs. <clears throat> so, I bought the Blu-ray for it, which is sick, by the way. The only one left yeah, I, in the I, world. I bought the last one, and I told Rick, and I made sure to buy it first, and then now he has no copy of Mad Men. <laughs> I, I can't buy it, I can't do any, I can't even steal it. No, you can't. You can't come to my house and steal it because we're in quarantine. Yeah, and I and you know a damn well a thief obeys the laws of quarantine. Absolutely, as the looters have shown. Us. Dude, <laughs> those dumbasses. <laughs> yeah, they they they're obeying. The, they're like, fuck. I guess I can't steal anything. <laughs> like, like they'll break it, but they just want to look. You know what I mean? Yeah, like they just need to window they're, shop. They're closer. just breaking society's rules, if anything. <laughs> They're they're just breaking the and, windows, and listen, but they're not any, stealing. Anyway, <laughs> just like hold up, wait a minute, one second. What is Mad Men all about? It's about breaking, but not stealing, right? No, because Don Draper steals ideas all the time. But we'll get oh, that's right. <laughs> he, he very much steals a lot of people's ideas. You could say he steals a man's entire life, but no, we'll, we'll get into that. We'll we'll get into that. But, so, uh, there's a weird, there is actually, and I looked it up, there was a split, there was a year gap between episode 7 of season 7 and episode 8. It was a two-parter, basically. Now, uh, this was, I should have known, this was behind the stupid fucks at AMC, who were like, no, split it up. Genius people. Genius people. So, if it was one whole season, I feel like a lot of the arcs would have felt like... like more natural to me like they would have had a more natural singular arc but because they had to split it up into like two separate things some of the stuff comes across a little a little rut like rushed like so what did, what did you romance. see what did you see between seven and eight that you were like yep there's a year what do you mean like did you see anything that you were like mm, this is kind of strange it was more in terms of like like characters would like show up three episodes before the finale and then you it's like oh okay like are, are these people important and then like they'd be like endgame like jones husband like not her husband but like her like boyfriend she almost ends up with like uh, it was just weird that and then don right with huh the husband jones no like the uh the guy she she like goes to florida with bruce greenwood his name oh, is mother- rich they do the, the motherfucker together? who um 
Yeah, and like he didn't want her working or yeah. something like that. And okay. also the waitress comes in like remember the waitress that Don like uh like is like uh recognized Yeah, he recognizes like oh yeah, by okay. the way completely conversation between me and you, but uh what is it? The girl Rachel. I was actually thinking of Midge. Midge is the hippie. Rachel is yeah, the one I, who is part of the uh like Jewish organization. Yes. Correct? Yes, yes, yep, yep. Yeah, okay. I thought you. I thought you were, but I didn't want to say anything because I'm like, he, he, they cover it in the show. Yeah, so. yeah, 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 yeah. So I was just putting some stuff. Anyway, yeah. So there's like weird parts where I feel like if it was just one continuous season, it would be way more coherent and like things just kind of wouldn't be happening because there are like entire episodes in which a character's entire like life changes in a day. Like I, I wish there was a, I, like Pete Campbell his like whole thing happens in one episode and then he just like changes whole life in a day and like it's not bad and i like where all the characters end up it just feels kind of rushed because the main thrust of the first half is actually really good like seven the first part of uh the final season is don like redeeming himself and like going through right and he's like he's trying to like get back his status or whatever and then he's hit hit with a gut punch at the end like it's a really good self-contained seven episodes and then it kind of feels meandering for the rest of it until it just kind of like ends like very well but like it just kind of ends you know mm-hmm. what i mean yeah yeah so so yeah i just wish that like it was one continuous season but i'll get to like season seven later because we're kind of gonna go season by season but like yeah when it comes to like any other flaws it's just kind of like they're i mean i might get some shit for this but like I, I'm really glad of the change in, like, scenery in season four. Because by season three, I feel like it was kind of, like, turning its wheels a bit. You may disagree with me with this on season three. From and the I, office? Yeah, like, the change in scenery and, like, the change in, like, Don, like, his care, Like, him divorcing Betty. Like, that was really good because I feel like it was kind of, like... there There was a few parts in season three where it just felt like they were kind of, like really trying to find things to do because i remember there was a lot of scenes of like betty like riding horses or like doing shit like that you know what i mean like a lot of stuff that felt like there was a lot of i remember there's this weird storyline that i'm having trouble remembering about betty's like work friend having an affair and i'm like why should i give a shit about this yeah it was uh i think it was the same it was the kodak episode right i believe so yeah yeah so that episode it was it was interesting because in that you see the the work friend actually kind of projecting herself onto Betty. Mm-hmm. You remember that where she was basically saying like, "I I went to you because I thought you would have the answers," and she was like, "Why the fuck would I know?" She didn't exactly say that, but she basically said, yeah. like, "Why the fuck would I know?" And she was like, "Oh, never mind." And then Betty Betty knew, and then she knew, right? Like they both were like, "Oh shit!" Yeah. So then later on in that same episode, she checks um, she starts checking up on Don to see what he's doing. Okay. And then that's when he, that's when she finds out that he's been listening to the the conversations between the therapist and herself. Mm-hmm. He's um he, he he's rejecting like family time. I think they were talking about Thanksgiving going to Betty's family. Don's like I got work. And it's funny cuz in that episode he sells Kodak by the images of his family. Yes. So it's pretty and, much and genius. Trust me, we're we're going the con- climax of this podcast is going to be a don draper character just fucking super analysis because like this probably one of the most interesting characters in tv i think 
Would you yeah, agree? Yeah, w- one of them. I, I think I would have agreed with you, but there's another show you know what I'm talking about. That I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, that's what I mean, like one of them. Yeah, one of them. But yeah, uh, when it comes to like any more flaws, I mean, I still love season three. It's just like I'm glad there was a change of pace. Um, For me, you... I, there was a, there were some story elements that I just couldn't care about at all. Uh, um, for example? Betty's new life after Dawn. Like, to me, after Dawn, you don't exist. Oh, fuck. I forgot about it. Fat Betty. That's a flaw. Yeah. Yeah, that Fat, was... <laughs> Fat Betty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, like, literally, like... I get that the actress... Was... No, no, that's what they call her. I know, but that... <laughs> he said that's a no. flaw. He said, Fat Betty, that's a fucking flaw right there. Points at her. Her fucking donut eating ass. No, said, okay, it was because doing? the actress was pregnant and they made her fat on the show. But it's so weird because, like, she just isn't fat the next season. Yeah, she just loses all of it. Wait, so she was actually, fat, like, pregnant. She was pregnant, so they put her in a fat suit. Ah. So that's why... It was so weird, and I... I I get they were trying to make the best out of it, but I feel like there was a million other ways you could have done this. <laughs> Isn't there technology to, like, not show the fucking bump? Uh, I mean, I don't I don't know. Who knows if Mad Men had that budget? They literally joke on the show that they only use one set of that house. Like, they only, they're only ever in the kitchen. No, they use the living room. No, they, they the do upstairs. it, like, very rarely, though. The upstairs bedroom. His yeah. office. Those are lying sacks of shit. I mean, they use a whole bunch of the house. Yeah, but it's mostly the kitchen. Like, think of any important scene; it's usually the kitchen. No, the upstairs bedroom has a shit ton. The office, his office, has the okay, most. Okay, do you re- do you really? Are you gonna give me an in depth like architectural like analysis of Henry Francis's yes. house? Oh, you're talking about Henry Francis's house. Oh, yeah. I thought you were talking about Don's house. No, no, no. I'm talking about yeah. They joke about they only use the kitchen in Henry. Oh no, Francis fuck Henry house. Francis. <laughs> Burns we'll, in hell. That we'll, fucking. We'll, we'll talk fuck. about we'll talk about Henry Francis. But yeah, that <laughs> Betty, that wasn't great. Um, there. I mean, there are some episodes people talk about, but I don't know. I kind of want to get into season by season, and we'll talk about like characters from here. Do you have any other like flaws, like? overarching that you're like yeah the show could have done this better like not like specific storylines i could have what could it have done better um i i wish it it had more marketing in terms of selling more stuff because i i think that was for me that was my favorite part of the show uh, was him I, pitching i agree with you uh but i think that's mostly a thing towards the later seasons i feel like it strays away from that I feel like in the beginning there was like a new product every week. That's why. That's why I. <laughs> that's why I like the beginning. Yeah. No. 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 Like I completely understand that point yeah. too. I. And we'll get. I, I keep yeah, saying we'll get, we'll into, get into it. Yeah. We'll let, get. Let's get into. Let's get into well, some of these things. Why don't we actually then. get into it? Then. Yeah. Let's yeah. Why don't we actually so, put the condom on and die? So, di- <laughs> why, why do we need a condom? What? 
If you've got a personal auto insurance question, you could talk to a cab driver, although the policies he recommends might include avoiding the interstate, beating traffic by taking the back roads, and only making left turns when absolutely necessary. Or you could talk to your local GEICO agent, whose policy is to use their expertise to navigate your insurance, finding the best route to help you save money on insurance for your home, car, and more. And as an added bonus, you'll be able to avoid traffic jams and potholes entirely. To find a GEICO agent near you, visit geico.com local. Welcome to Parent Teacher Night. Oh, yes, Miss Garner. If you have one of those airline credit cards, you're probably not earning double miles on every purchase. You're right. My card only gets extra miles on some types of purchases. With the Capital One Venture Card, you earn unlimited double miles everywhere. Wait, but where can we use them? You can use Capital One Venture Miles on any travel purchase. Venture gets an A+. Capital One, what's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. <laughs> anyway, so season one of Mad Men <laughs> what the fuck uh, is, a, is the one that I remember the least. How about you? What'd you and say? I, season one of Mad Men is the one I remember the least because season... it's a, I watched it like way back then. I like, you know, I remember season one quite thoroughly. I think for me, it's actually the opposite. The later seasons, I don't remember as well. Mm-hmm. because uh i think i just stopped care because usually i do this thing in tv shows when i've been watching a long time i stop caring near the end because i'm like okay it's about to end so i don't want to be upset that it's over so i just stop caring i mean that's fair yeah no genuinely like i will literally st- i think the only show i remember not doing that for was friends so did you cry when uh Oh no, I didn't cry. When she got off the plane. No, no. We were nope, playing. Not at, no, remember that's the thing, like she got off the plane and then Ross is like, Oh my god. Oh, I don't even remember that. <laughs> okay, so I obviously it didn't mean that much to you, so <laughs> No, it didn't mean that much. I'm just saying that's the only show I didn't do it for. Okay, that's fair. That's not it's not like a good or a bad yeah. thing. Uh I think what season one does really well is introduce the characters and I think it it's very good at creating what, what what i think the show in general does especially in its early season it is like it's not like the 60s happened as soon as january 1st 1960 happened you know like there's like a generational like layover from like the 50s like 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 the suburban kind of like nuclear family kind of style that like everyone was striving towards like in the 50s like it's not like in 1960 hit and then it was hippies you know what i mean yeah and that's what i really like about the earlier seasons and i really like i really like the because the whole season has kind of an arc of like pete campbell who in season one is a little fucking scumbag (laughs) versus don (laughs) versus don draper and it and the whole season also has the nixon kennedy debate and so it's like these two and and the show does this again later i'm trying to remember what for it will come to me but like it it uses like the event, the culture and events that happen in the show to like kind of like inform the characters and that's why i think the best what thing a period piece can do is kind of make you i guess not forget that you're in the decade you're in but like it's so good if it wasn't in that decade then you wouldn't like be that angry at it you know what i mean it, it was it was the 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 time piece that they did was so good that you and I both wanted to go play games that were in that timepiece. Yes, exactly. So they did a they did a good job. With it. And um, also, it it didn't just like 
it didn't go like the easy route of just being like like that 70s show is also a very good period piece but what isn't is that 80s show which is if you want to know a bad period piece show it's probably that 80s show do you even know about this that show? existed no what? yeah no it exists it, it has a guy from it's always sunny in it uh the guy who plays dennis and it was canceled after one season it's literally just hey you know, remember the 80s and it just throws 80s shit at you you know like yeah, the culture the that these people happen like it's not like it has like this the like, grand like thing again like for its decade it's like the characters exist in this culture and what happens affects them but it's like they're still characters in their own you know they still have their own lives they're not defined by their decade and that's why i think mad men does really well so holy shit the fuck is this show bro yeah you looked up that yeah i know it's a piece of shit 27 percent like this tv show yeah because it sucks it, wow ctv fox broadcasting company mm. what a bunch of assholes but yeah season one of Mad Men, it's great collection of it's probably would you agree don draper at his i not like peak but like at his like peak like happiness would you agree like he more mm. seems to be doing what he wants but he's not like ultra depressed like he gets later would you agree yeah, I, w- I would say so. I think I, f- I, I, feel, when I, I feel like the mystique was at its peak at that season. When like I first there. watched the show, I thought it was actually going to be about Peggy Olsen. Well, I would argue that she's like a co-main character in a way, or like she's like the number two. But like, yeah, she's definitely like the underdog, like foil to Don. And, well, a lot of characters are foils are foil to like each other and Don. But like, yeah, Peg- Peggy's definitely like. The one who goes to the biggest rise, especially in season one when Don makes her a copywriter, which is like that was amazing. Amazing. She was writing copies, and then she, (laughs) and then she, uh, she got pregnant and didn't even know because Pete Campbell was a piece of shit in season one. Fuck Pete, yo, I hate him. Okay, we'll we'll go, we'll 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 get to it, but we'll get into that. Yo, we should put down a shirt, bro. We'll get to it. Oh yeah, by the way, uh, I want to apologize to everyone for. uh, comments not made in the last podcast we didn't mention hulk 2003 so we're gonna mention oh, this uh, one off yes we yeah. it's since i thought you were talking about something else i was like why are you bringing this up? no comments <laughs> not made hulk 2003 yeah. no we're, well we're yeah. gonna get past it now but hulk 2003 that's all yeah that's all yeah that's all anyway uh, so yeah oh okay <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah uh when it comes to season two and three uh, they kind of blend together for me. I really like the... I, I know you disagree with me with this. I really like when Don goes to California. I don't mind it. I about the first time, right? Yeah, the first time. It's probably the best one. Mm-hmm. Because when you first meet... Because, like, you first meet Anna Draper and you first... Because it, it is revealed in the first season that, like, Don Draper basically took another man's life. And you're like, well, what are, like, the consequences of that, like, really? And then you find out in season two, yeah the real don draper had a wife named anna and you're like oh you and so you see these flashbacks and you're like oh shit like what's gonna happen and then he meets anna and then they kind of like are like best friends better than than betty and don together i would argue they're better than even like love really like they just have like the kind of like companionship that they have understanding yeah they have a an understanding of each other that's like more 
than like Don could probably ever love anyone. You know. And who's the? Is it her daughter or is her? Oh, uh, her like niece. Niece. Yes. Stephanie. She, she is um, Black Canary. Oh really? She is in uh, the greatest television show ever, uh, Arrow. Oh. Yes. The the best one ever. For the first two seasons. You know, I saw, not to get off topic, I saw a Twitter video today that uh, showed a sex scene in Arrow and Radioactive by Imagine Dragons is playing. Everyone was like, remember when this fucking happened? Gee, shows used to be shit. Who said that? Oh, uh, someone on Twitter. Well, there's a fucking idiot. Imagine Dragons was playing? I don't remember. I'm breathing. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I'm breathing. I don't remember. <laughs> Alright, anyway. I but, yeah, I mean, I really like the California stuff because it's such a change of pace and, uh, I really like when he goes with, like, the hippie... They're not even hippies. They're, like, rich white people who are just kind of, like, living... like living Eyes wide shut. It could have been, honestly. could have been. I think it is. They're just fucking weirdos. And then Don goes back. And then, uh, can we talk about, actually, the most unlikable character in the series? Uh, Duck Phillips. Who was that? That's the fucker. He had the dog, Chauncey. And he took the dog, and he, and he, remember his ex-wife come, he's like, she's like, here's your dog, and he, like, like, kicks it away, he's like, get away from me. He's fucking... You're talking about his, his dad? No, Duck Phillips, the guy who's, uh, who's fucking Peggy in season three, and then he, like, fights Don in the office in season four. What the fuck don't I remember this? He's the guy who, uh, fucking... He gets a job at the end of the series, too, like, the last episode. I need to look him up. Look up Duck Duck Phillips, because I know you definitely remember. But yeah, he's actually the most unlikable fuck. And uh, he he sucks. And uh, yeah, and then season three is kind of like a trend. It's kind of of like where I'm like, okay, like, and it might have been because I was binging it at this point. So like, I was watching like a lot of episodes a day. I was like, okay, like, where is this going? Blah, blah, blah. Now, I will say what saved season three for me is the last three episodes. Because those three... The uh the one where Don is revealed by uh what is it? Is revealed by Peggy, like she finds out his identity. The one with JFK's assassination, and the one where they basically con their agency into starting a new agency, that's probably my top three like episode run of the show. Like I think that saves season three for me and puts it on the level of the other seasons, because like it's so like engaging and like it's once again uses a culture event to like inform the characters in a way so like the kenny assassination was the end of the era and it makes sense that like betty and don's relationship is ending because they they're kind of like the kind of 60s optimism and like you know how we viewed like people whatever kind of like shifted that day you know what i mean it's like it's another way the show kind of did that I, I disagree with you. I think Jimmy Barrett is the worst character. Going back on that rule. All right, he's kind of an asshole too. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Because that one commercial where he just insults a fat woman for no reason. I don't mind that part. No, you did that earlier. You know, by saying fat oh, Betty. Oh, well, come on. <laughs> so, <laughs> come on. But, uh, it was a but, fat uh, suit. <laughs> That's what you think, you asshole. That's what they told her just so she doesn't uh, get upset. Damn it. But uh, no, no, no! I think Jimmy Barrett is the, is the the asshole. Actually, actually, we're both wrong. The worst characters in season seven, but we'll get there. Uh, oh wow! But yeah, go on. 
but yeah and then it turns to season four which i don't know what you would say your favorite season is but this is probably my favorite by and like i like all the seasons of the show but this is probably my favorite by like a lot because i really like single don and like how he like operates post betty and like it's like he's he's like going through like a bit of a downfall and he's like drinking whatever and then he meets the therapist Faye, which by the way what she said in in i think it was episode two of this season uh basically changed my whole perspective of the show because me and you talked about this we were like what what is it about this show like there's like no plot there's like barely a story like why do we like the show and I remember you were like, I don't know, I just like watching it. And then, but by season four, when Faye says, it's, she says to Don, it's what I want versus what's expected of me. I go, oh my God, that's the show. Like that so is you, like. So you keep saying that, but not once have I understood what the fuck that meant. So now you're going to tell me right now, Matthew, what the hell does that mean? So what does that mean? Okay. Every character interaction in the show, their basic character conflict boils down to they want something in their life but they can't have it based on like what how they're supposed to like how society thinks they should feel about it so like peggy wants to be a very successful businesswoman but she's a woman so society says you should like you know know your role whatever same with like joan uh no i really i really like the fact that we did this after eyes wide shut because this yeah. goes very well oh no it, this goes very well we're, we're diving deep now but like most of the men on the show basically they're forced into a life where they have to get into loveless marriages and work like job and like fight with each other. And they're just supposed to, because society says, yeah, you're supposed to do that. You're supposed to get married. You're supposed to have kids. And that's why I think I start to like Peter Campbell, even though he does things that are really irredeemable. Fuck Peter. No, because, okay. Because he, he, he just like, he's a perfect representation and I think he's a good character because he wears his emotions on his sleeve about it because he's like, I don't know. I keep doing all these things and yet no one gives me respect. That's why I, I don't like him. Really? That's why I yeah. do like him because I, I like the fact that he like has like an honesty about him. So I guess this is like a good time probably to get a little bit more analysis in the mm -hmm. reason I don't like him is specifically for that reason. When I look at Don, and then this is so the reason I watched the show so much and the reason I liked it and the reason why I liked the, the first few seasons ahead of the last few seasons, the first few focuses on him, in my opinion, him trying to balance everything in his life mm -hmm. with business, with marriage, with all that shit. And the reason I find it interesting is because I think that later on in my life, I might have to do that. Mm -hmm. So and most of the people in my life that I've seen do this have kind of failed at it in some way or another. So when I look at Don and I see him failing, I'm like, okay. But what I like about him is that, and this is also a fault in him and that people shouldn't do this, but he doesn't wear his emotion on his sleeve. So you don't know what he's thinking. You mm -hmm. don't know how he is. And he keeps everything to himself. If he has an issue, he's just like, okay, I'm going to work and I'm going to figure it out. Mm -hmm. if, you, if you remember, I think in the Kodak episode as well, he... His brother uh, hangs himself. He calls him back, and he, well, he, not that, not in that episode, but that's when he finds out mm -hmm. that he's hung himself. So what does he do? He's like, he's upset. He just does more work, right? He buries himself in his work. He's like, I'm gonna figure this out. Mm -hmm. That's why I like him. Pete, on the other hand, bitches, moans, complains, cries, and I'm like, I would never hire you if I if I were if you were a type of person 
like that in my company. I wouldn't fire you, but I would just hate you so much. I'd be like, you're, so, well, you're not going to get promoted. Well, the thing is, and I, I think that he starts out as very entitled and very bratty. And most of the things he complains about, like, are wrong, but, like, you... Like, come on, like, what, like really, like, you're still, like, high-ended in the company. But I feel like at a certain point, he just kind of, like, I feel like he grows up towards the end. And, like, I don't know. We can kind of, like, when it comes to discussion of the later seasons, because they, I think, purposefully are kind of, like, a blur. Because I feel like in the first three, they have a facade of, like, everything's going okay. The fourth is the transition period. And then the last three uh, three seasons are kind of, like, everything's just going nuts they're kind of like yeah. so a big thing in this show is and i guess we're getting a lot of analysis of don too is that don draper is basically an anagram for i don't think that's the right word he's basically a metaphor for america so yes when america is like going good or whatever the first three seasons don's going pretty good but like it's kind of a lot you know and then with the kennedy assassination and with like the end of betty it kind of like breaks like the lie like breaks in a way you know you could you could you could go pretty deep into it about how like don basically stole another man's identity about how america stole land like you could go as deep as you want it's not clear cut but like his struggle in a war as well yeah it's true and he like there's a lot of stuff like that and then towards like season six i'd say is uh is like vietnam and then martin luther king got shot and bobby kennedy got shot whatever and he just like he's still putting up this veneer of like strength but he's like a mess like he's in a terrible state and And also um just just to interject real quick him and i think it's roger roger sterling roger sterling was the golden generation he was involved in world war ii uh, i think it's the greatest generation is it okay? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. The greatest yeah. generation. Uh-huh. Uh, he was, uh, he was in, he was part of that. He he went to World War Two. Don went to Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Um, oh no, 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 it was the Korean War. Korean, Korean. Sorry, uh, Korean. I keep fucking up these fucking wars. God damn it. It's okay. Uh, it was the it was the Korean War he went to versus Pete. Going back on him real quick, he hasn't right. He had no. the opportunity to go to college to have a normal life, and you mm-hmm. can I guess that's why you can see him complaining more. Because he's in, entitled is like has a bad spin on it, but he is entitled to do it no, because absolutely. those two, those two went to war to give him the opportunity to complain. Which I think going off off topic a little bit, that's what some people who go to war forget. It's like you you go to war to give us the opportunity to complain about shit. Mm-hmm. So when you complain about the kid complaining, it's like you're not you're not making any sense. Yeah, right. No, it makes sense. And I'm surprised we haven't mentioned Roger, by the way, because he's... The greatest character. He's, I, feel like, I feel like you don't even have to talk about him because he's just such a great character. He was supposed to be killed off in season one. That was the original yeah. plan, but he was so charismatic, they just kept him the whole show. And I'm, I'm really glad yeah. about that. Because he... Yeah. Oh, my God. He's just... The, the best moment of the entire show. We didn't even talk about the lawnmower scene. Oh, my God. <laughs> God. No, okay, so in season three, when they're like, they bring a lawnmower in, it's when they get the, uh, they're making tra- the train, yeah, they're making the transition with the British, uh, the British company or whatever, and the guy comes in, it's supposed to be his first day, like, no, like, people are supposed to get fired, whatever, 
and they're playing with a lawnmower in it, and a, one of the secretaries is riding it, and she runs them over. And, like, there's just a blood splatter. And I remember being like, what the fuck was that? Because yeah. this is not the show where stuff like that happens. I remember being like, oh, is this where the show, like, goes downhill? Like, is this, like, is this where it jumps the shot? <laughs> like, what is going on? It's such a nothing. But it's, like, it, it just snaps right back. And then the first thing Roger says is, well, Susie got his foot in the door, huh? <laughs> just brilliant. Roger Sterling is everything wrong and everything right in rich people and entitled people. Absolutely. Because he, even though he did go to war, he is still, he did not, he did not make the company, he inherited it. And so he, he doesn't really have a good work ethic. He doesn't really like all that work. He's not a very compelling leader at all. Burt Cooper even calls him out and says he's a, not a good leader. But like he does, I think he perfectly like encapsulates everything you kind of like about like the, the company like about yes. like the characters of Madman in general because like yeah he's very flawed but like he has this like humanity I guess and he, there's like a element of like trying to better yourself as well and I and I do like his his character in the sense that you could make the argument that if he wasn't the let's say you call him the CEO I don't know if he's actually the CEO but yeah. he's, he's the owner I guess CEO his fucking name's on the building his name's on the um, building he's uh, as as you put it in his words my name's on the building I'm owed a certain sense of entitlement yeah or was it the door he said the door right he, uh, my name's on the door yes I believe so yeah so anyway he, he's fucking important in the company um but you can say that if if he if his name wasn't on the door that he would not be in the company but that's not entirely true because in companies you do need a, a man who when he shows up, it's important. For example, I don't know which season this was, but Don loses an account. I think it's the Chevy account mm-hmm. or or the Jaguar account. Um, he loses yeah, one. And he, he, is it when he like insults the guy at a at dinner? I think so. And then and then uh, Jones was fucking it? pissed at him. Was it that? I don't know because which one did Roger was at the airport and he he picked up the phone. Yeah, and yeah, that was Jaguar because. No, because Don should have gotten in trouble for that, but Roger got Chevy at the same time. Exactly, and that's that's the usefulness of Roger mm-hmm. is that he he doesn't strike often, but when he does, it's fucking important, and you do need him there. Yeah. So I think there was a point in the season one, like or the series, where he was like, "Damn, like what the fuck is the point of me?" I mm-hmm. I think it was Joan who probably said something. I don't know what she said. I don't I, I think it mostly had to do with so he divorced his first wife and then he got married again, and. He just like a lot of the characters, they're just kind of questioning. They're like, "Why? Why am I doing this? Is it because I want to do this, or is it because I feel like I have to? Like, am I just rebelling against something? Like, what is like? Am I doing this because I feel happy? Because I really don't feel happy, and why don't I feel happy? Like, that's basically the questions that goes into every single character on the show. Basically, yes, it's like, why aren't I happy? What can I do to be happy? Will I ever and feel it, that it's way? So interesting though because they're all involved in marketing mm-hmm. and in order and to be good in, in order to be good at marketing which they are you have to know the culture you have to know what the people want and also most importantly which these dumbass people on twitter don't understand you have to know what they don't know what they want as i think steve jobs said it no absolutely because 
I feel like there's a lot of pitches that Don does where it, they're not always successful, but there's a lot of them where I think, yeah, like someone will be like, oh, I want this. Actually, perfect example, the uh, the Bye Bye Birdie advertisement. So they make an advertisement based off a movie with an annoying ass song in it. Uh, and they're like, oh, we want this, but just get an actress who looks like Anne Margaret. And they get it. They get almost everything. They just don't get Anne Margaret. And it's almost the same exact freaking thing and they're like yeah i don't know it just it's not going it's not doing it for me like the the client is and then they're like well why don't why don't they like it whatever and they're like because it's not it's not it it's not the same thing they thought they wanted that but they don't exactly they don't know what they want your job is not to give and that's why i think i don't think i've ever seen don give um the client exactly what they want no he always gives them something slightly what they want but like gives them more so they're like oh okay and the only the only time it's truly ever really well i won't, I shouldn't say that there's a few times but like the one the biggest time it did is when he's talking to the millionaire or the billionaire uh conrad hilton and he does it. he's yes. like i wanted the moon give me the fucking moon and he's like well i don't like i think this is a good ad as well he's like i don't care i asked you for something you need to give it to me yeah that's probably the biggest another one is season three uh no season six where he has like this really morbid ad about like someone being like in golf or someone like dying someone being engulfed and they're like why why would we use this as an ad this is so depressing yeah so it's like uh, and the whole thing is basically like with the ad people especially don is that he keeps up an image because he's he's selling his image in a way like he's selling similar to america they're selling you an image of what they think happiness is but they themselves aren't very happy like don draper is miserable later on you also it it becomes less about people needing marketing and like specific marketing as it becomes oh i want donald draper to do his magic yeah so i would yeah i definitely agree with that it's like oh yeah just do do the thing you do yeah are you good at guessing what people want this year stop guessing and give them what they want from burgers to video games to ripped jeans they pick their gift from some of their favorite brands with a choice gift card from giftcards.com it's genius and now it's geico's motorcycle rules of the road Before you ride, make sure your mirrors are clean and adjusted properly. And if you're going on a group ride, make sure the lead biker knows where they're going. Uh, Ed, quick question. Where are you taking us? Oh, I have no idea. Well, am I the leader? (laughs) Because I was uh, following that dude with the red helmet. Where, Where is he? And the rule to saving on motorcycle insurance is, in 15 minutes, Geico could save you 15% or more. And it's like, yeah, it's his whole thing of like, selling the image but like hating it and like it it creates this like just huge thing i don't know i'm rambling at this point but yeah like towards let's move on to the next thing well towards the end of season four uh what is it don almost has an epiphany i think so he could so he he fucking uh they they think the company's about to get shut down because they lose the tobacco company lucky strike lucky strike yes like the big tobacco company right 
Little does, you know, as we in audience know that tobacco advertising is going to get very bad very soon. So we know this isn't really that bad, but the character's like, oh no, we're doomed. Like, what are we going to do? So instead, they decide to, or Don decides to, like, write an article and post it, why I quit tobacco. And he just puts it in the newspaper. And I was like, why the fuck would you do that? Blah, 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 blah. But it got them in business with anti-tobacco ads, which got them more connections. So exactly. that was always in government, I think, too, right? Yes, I believe so. Yeah. And then you he's dating the, the therapist, Faye Miller, and you think that he's like going to end up with her probably because she's a girl who's wants him. She, he tells her about his past. She wants him to confront the past. And he decides not to. And instead, he marries the secretary. Which is the easier choice. Absolutely. Well, also she the thing is Faye wants him to go back into his past and i think with megan his secretary it was more oh she's forward thinking like the kind of woman he, he's like she, oh. she was easier no and also it's the man he wants to be and then Faye was making him think about like the man he was i think and it was just See, easier you know it's completely accurate but the thing is you can't be the man you want to be unless you address the shit that happened in your past absolutely like, the big mantra so, is, like, when Peggy gets pregnant and she has the child, he, he visits her in the hospital and just goes, you have to keep moving forward. Like, don't look back. You'll, he literally says, you, know, you, won't know, you won't even believe how easy it is to not look back. And, yeah. like, there are certain people who can handle that kind of advice and do well. But I would argue Peggy took it better than most. But even then, she's still kind of haunted by her kid. Like, there are parts where she's like, I don't... I I know I sh- I should care more. Like I don't know what's wrong with me. Like all this stuff, you know. Like that type of advice yeah. can very much work. But when you're someone with the amount of pain, especially as Donald Draper, you need a woman who was like, "Hey, I'm gonna help you." And Don said, picked Megan Draper, who who helps who is avoid not it. who is a very forward-thinking individual, but intellectually and like in terms of like She's bunny. An idiot. What? It's not even that she's an idiot. It's just that Faye and Don were very much intellectual equals, I feel like. And Megan was just very childish. Like, she was very young. She's an idiot. She... She... <laughs> no, I know what you mean, though. Because yeah. she she is smart in some aspects. I think she gave like a a lot of advice to Don when it came to professional like professional advice for his uh, his firm. The thing is, I feel uh, like... I mean, she did call him out sometimes, but I feel like she didn't call him out when it really mattered and i think that's the that's the difference i feel like megan and this isn't a flaw against her really she over the course of their marriage just kind of kept loving him and expected him to change and that just wasn't gonna happen that's what like every character that ever has been with don yeah no like really but i i think it's interesting to kind of contrast betty with megan because like i i I like betty Team Betty all the way. Fat Betty, fat, you you, fat like, Betty. you like Betty more. I like Betty more. Okay, well, why do? Because we talked about this before, and you say you like Betty, but we were gonna wait for the podcast. Why do you like Betty more? Like, what what is about her character that really like? Kind of. I like... think with with Betty, what you have through marriage is the ability to say to call him out on things, right? Mm-hmm. The ability to know the other person a little bit better. Actually, they didn't know him that well, but um. You have the ability to call someone out. You have the ability to know them better. You have the ability to expect something from them. 
mm-hmm. versus me in like if if I had a wife versus I had a girlfriend. If the wife like starts yelling at me, it's whatever because mm-hmm. it's the wife. If the girlfriend starts yelling at me, I'm like, pack your things, get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> and I think that's what Don did. And I think Betty, if he stuck with her, it would have been better for him mentally yeah. in terms of uh, not having to to go through the shit that he did with uh with what's her name how the fuck did i just forget her name megan megan yes yeah i i actually know seeing the whole series now i actually think that don and betty were kind of perfect for each other in a way but also in some ways terrible for each other and i don't think betty would have reached a point where she was comfortable enough to do because in the end of the series she decided to go back to school I don't think she would have been comfortable enough to do that if she stayed with Don. And I see, think- yeah, you know, you're 100 percent right in that. And it was probably it was definitely the better choice for Betty. Mm-hmm. But with, I don't think Betty was the issue in that relationship. Well, she would she definitely wasn't the issue when she was with Don. Well, Don was a dumbass. No, the thing is, Don is infinitely worse than Betty, but they both have. Betty is has a is very childish. Like you can see this in season one where her only friend is literally Glenn, who's a child and yeah. she's very childish. And then match with Don who's childish in like a different way, I guess. And, but Betty is literally borders on infantile in terms of like her demeanor. And it's, and it's not her fault because she's really like a tragic case. Cause she didn't, she was married like right at like 20 or whatever. Like she didn't have time to like grow up into an adult really like she lived her whole life and her mother and she said that her mother was very overbearing she lived her whole life like that and then as soon as she got away from that she was married to don draper who like was the like the controller of the household basically yeah so i think i even though at the beginning you kind of hate henry francis for like literally hitting on a pregnant woman and then stealing a man's wife like he he even though also would use her as like a political key as well he would support her in a way don didn't and was a much more supportive husband than don really ever was to anyone fuck fuck henry i don't know i when when you find out Betty has cancer in the end, and then Henry just like cries and says, "What am I gonna do?" I don't know. For some reason, like I don't love the character that much, but that like hit me for some reason. I Fuck I, him. I I like the character, even though he a lot of the things he did to get the things he did were very questionable. But I think he's I, I he's think a politician he was a, though. Tell you that he's a good politician. He was a good. This politician. shit that he wasn't supposed to do. Oh, buddy, he's a good fucking politician. God, he. He, he's some but like he, i think he was a genuinely supportive husband because if don if someone went up and said like contrast that with megan like getting into acting like don lost all like love of megan as soon as she quit the agency immediately absolutely i think that's only when the marriage ended he's like oh okay you want to do acting yeah okay and then checks out and then cheats on her yep that's the thing because he can't he just can't love something that he can't isn't exactly what he wants really and even then it is it even really what he wants it's like similar to his clients like his clients so nobody wants don draper his entire existence he just doesn't know he keeps talking about you have to find it which is basically like happiness but he doesn't know how to find it 
he just thinks you have to keep getting things until you're more happy. Like there's a scene in the uh, in the in the they're they're with Ken Cosgroves uh, who is fucking Cole Phelps from uh, L.A. Noir. Cole Phelps. His uh, his father-in-law, like his company, I forget what it even is. And then Don's talking about it, and they're like, we're very happy at our current company. Don's like, okay, well, what is happiness? It's a thing you get before you need more happiness, all right? You need to get more. Yeah. You don't want 50%. You want 100%. And it's like, no, he's not talking about this company. He's talking about himself. Yeah, and, and it, it, it reeks of a person who had a difficult childhood, worked his way up, Mm-hmm. and now doesn't know what to do because he's at the top because you know when you imagine you want something really bad yeah and then you get it and you're like okay well now what yeah like what is the goal now and it's like what like he he kept fighting for things and he stole his way to the top and he got everything apparently he 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 was told he was should want and like he still isn't happy like where do you go yes. from that and that's basically the whole, no that's basically the whole show really like you get everything you ever want, and then you're still not happy. Where do you go now? Yeah. And so, yeah, he just keeps going on this his loveless marriage. And the thing is, it, Don does not really love Megan anymore. But Megan, I feel like, loved Don until the moment she just couldn't take it anymore. And I think that's a tragedy in its own way. Because I think, I think Megan genuinely... We're just hoping he would get out of his funk and would stop drinking and whatever, but he just could not do it. Because he, he like, he, especially in season six, which is considered the worst season, but I, I don't know, like, it's not the strongest, but like, I think what season six really excels at is showing Don Draper just at his literal lowest point. Like, this is where he's at his most reckless. This is the season where he loses Jaguar just because he feel he feels petty. He, uh, he merges the companies, creating a bunch of conflicts, like basically on a whim at a bar with, uh, Ted Shaw. He, he drinks constantly and it ends with him at the Hershey pitch where he's trying to quit drinking cold turkey because he's been doing just some fucking terrible things and it ends with him. And then at the worst possible time during a pitch to a company, he tells a massive company, a massive company like Hershey. He, he tells a story about how he loved Hershey as a kid, how his father did all this stuff, and then he starts like getting the shakes, and he's like, no, I grew up an orphan in a whorehouse, and the Hershey was the only thing I had that I actually enjoyed. And yeah. like everyone's like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Like that scene, I think that's the scene where Don, like the persona just kind of goes away. Like I feel like he, he couldn't have been redeemed until that happened, you know? Like, he just had mm-hmm. to completely, even though it's the most embarrassing situation possible, he had to let go of that image right then and there. So he gets hit with the fucking kick in the ass reality when he gets fired. He gets put on leave, right? It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. He get, yeah, he, he very intentionally gets put on leave, and he's replaced by actually the worst character in the show, Lou Avery. <laughs> that fucker with his dumb, his dumb, stupid cartoons and, that no one cared about. Can we, uh, real quick, I guess, like, move on to the other characters in this show? Yeah, before we get to, like, his ending, whatever. Yeah, because definitely. Um, uh, Can we talk about Price? Oh, man. Lane Price. We haven't talked about... We ne- we haven't mentioned him even when we talked off the, off the yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah. So, Lane Price is... 
He's just, yeah, he's in just my a, opinion, the biggest tragedy. No, I agree with you 100%. Like, he is someone who just, like, kind of had, had everything. And, no, he literally fucked up once. Like, he yeah. and his pride just couldn't get... The thing is, he's probably genuinely one of the more nice characters. Like, and, I fucking... He's a great... I fucking love him. He's a great boss. Like, he... Like, he has his moments, of course, but, like, he always, like, did it with dignity and respect. And he, literally, that that kind of dignity was his downfall because he stole money from the company. Which yeah. was the most hypocritical scene, by the way. Because he he's like, no, this is fraud. But literally, anytime Don Draper puts his name on anything, that is fraud. <laughs> oh, did oh was it Don? No, I thought Don was a supportive one, wasn't it? No, Don's the one who fired him. That's hilarious. No, do you remember? It's the scene with him. I forgot about that. Yeah, he's like, you need it. Yeah, you need to get out of here. Because, well, it was mostly that Don thought that, like, there would be an investigation if people found out about it. And he's like, there can't be an investigation of this. This, like. Because of. Because because uh, of. Don will get in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh, okay. Okay. I remember now. Yeah, yeah, I remember now. Which. And by the end, he. Like, okay, even when when Lane Price does things that, like, you maybe not agree, but, like, he he's always justified and you always root for him. Like, I'm a, char- I'm a guy who likes Pete Campbell. I know you don't. But, like, I like Pete Campbell. Me. But by the time Lane Price fights Pete Campbell and he punches him in his face, you're like, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> yes, sir. And yes, sir. by the end. That was, that was amazing. Oh, no. That, that, that fight scene. That, I think that episode. What was it for? Because, okay, because Pete took one of the clients to a brothel, like a New York brothel, and then the client, his wife, found out about it. And Lane, it was supposed to be Lane's account. Right, and right, so, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, oh, yeah, yeah, it was supposed to be Lane's account. He's like, why would you do that? And Pete's like, well, you're, well, you're, uh, your fucking guy thinks you're, because it's supposed to be one of Lane's friends. He's like, well, he's like, your friend thinks you're a homo. That's why. And everyone's just laughing. And Lane's like, all right, I'm going to beat the shit out of you. <laughs> yeah. Respect. No, because Especially at that point, Pete was a little shit. The thing is, I am... Pete's one of my favorite characters, but Pete, I you go back between liking and hating the entire show. That's... Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Like, to me, like, there were times where I was like, damn, like, you're a nice person and I would like you, but I the hate you. The thing is, even did. in the beginning, I, I kind of liked Pete in, like, little moments because he is, like, a genuine piece of shit, but then he'd say... Someone would be like, yeah, you know that piece of shit martin luther king and you'd be like whoa whoa whoa!" like he's a great man don't talk about yeah. him like that and then you're like oh okay like when it he comes- has the he has the educational background right yeah he doesn't have and he's like very progressive like i remember in season two he's he's like you know guys why don't we like try selling to like you know like black people like they 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 want to buy things too like we should that mark and they're like well what the hell are you talking about like why would we Did do that? someone steal that idea later and he got upset about it no, I watched that clip today. Actually, it was part of it was part of a, a video, and Pete Campbell comes in. He's like, "Well, well, this uh, I, I I thought of that idea. It turns out it was already invented, but I thought of it organically." <laughs> <laughs> it was, it's like the thing is, he is so funny. Like, like he is the. No, I'm not even kidding. Anytime him and Trudy argue is like yeah. comedy gold. There's one scene where he goes in to his room and they're arguing about adoption right because like because like for a while and it's supposed to be like irony like uh trudy's like oh i don't think you can have a kid 
but you know Pete can have a kid because he had one with Peggy. <laughs> so he walks in, he's like, Trudy, I'm no- we are not adopting. It's finals. And she's like, Pete? And he's like, hell's bells, Trudy. I'm sick of this. She's like, you can't talk to me that way. And he takes the chicken dinner she made, or the turkey dinner, and literally throws it off the balcony. And she's like, <laughs> she's like, have you lost your mind? <laughs> On- Pete is a guy who you look at Right, because anytime he like put tries to put authority down, I just start laughing. Mm-hmm. Pete is a guy who thinks he is um somebody that he is not, and you could tell. No, he's you could tell when that happens he, because I don't think he thinks he is. I think he very much tries to be, and I think a lot of the characters try to be Don Draper, but nobody's as transparent about it as Pete is. Yeah, I think Pete is the hardest like Don Draper wannabe. Yeah, especially when we talk about the ending, that's going to be interesting because I feel like he kind of comes full circle in a way that I really like. And like, can we uh, hmm? quickly talk about Joan Harris? Yes, uh, terrific, terrific character who I, in terms of like going against Don, like probably becomes more unlikable as it goes along. But then you're like, no, he deserves it. And this is a career woman who needs to act like this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you, yeah. Like towards the end, she very much is going against Don. I remember going online, like, after the episode, and it would be like, oh, man, she's such a fucking bitch now, bro. And it's like, no. Yeah. She, Don Draper is a drunk out. Okay, the thing is, we like Don because we see him at his most vulnerable. Like, we see him when he's, like, crying. We saw him with Anna. We see him, like, when he occasionally gives these, like, little these like little things but everyone else he's a fucking alcoholic like he's a drunk and so joan getting pissed at him for that that is not like that is not and like everything with joan i find really terrific too because she's she tells her fucking terrible husband her first one to fuck off yeah who is just the biggest i hated that dude from the beginning but he when he raped her in his uh probably one of the worst in Don's office, because, God, like, that that was such a, like, what a hateable person, you know? Yeah, that was terrible. I was just watching this, like, I was like, what the fuck is happening? No, like, that's, like, that that made him unlikable from the start. And they kind of try to make him likable, I guess. And then they're like, no, he's a piece of shit. Remember that. Yeah. I, I, I at first, when I was um watching the show, I, one, I thought it was about Peggy. And two, I thought Joan was going to be the villain, right? Mm-hmm. Like the bitch, the office bitch. She wasn't. She, no, she You go not. through the, the series and she grows very, one, organically, as Pete would like to say. um And two, it, it she grows in the perfect way. And the ending for her is perfect, too. Because at first, she was like, oh, you have to play the game, right? Peggy doesn't want to play the game mm-hmm. that, like, what women have to do in the office. She does. She plays it well, but she's not dumb, right? She plays it. She knows the game. Yeah. And she knows exactly what's going on in the office. And you could tell because I think she said something like, I know, I think she said this to another guy who was being sexist. She was like, I know everything that goes on in the office. And she does. She's the most important piece. Oh, absolutely. Everyone goes, she's basically like a therapist too. Everyone goes to complain to her about like anything. You know what I mean? And I think it's such a good arc. And I especially like how it very easily could be one way or the other where like the women are catty with each other, like Peggy and Joan. Or yeah, the yeah. women are like, we need to stick together, girl power. It could be very simplistic, but they both like things about each other, and they both get annoyed with each other very, very often. 
and it's not in your face feminism it's not in your face either way it's just two people who don't who like are trying to survive and then like i guess like i i like it because it's like i think peggy kind of inspires joan and joan kind of inspires peggy in their own ways but they also have two different ways of going about how they go about so even though they both respect each other immensely they would probably never say it even though they don't they like each other but not love each other you know i think it's a very complex relationship that i think could like be its like own video really usually in a period piece um from what i've seen i don't have too many female characters that i'm like you are perfectly written Mm -hmm. because they try to emphasize the point of oh like women were nothing in this time period but we fucking did it yay like yeah no this is like a very like one person sticks to what she believes in and does it in i guess like the correct way if you will and she does it in the way she feels like she has to Thing, yeah, Joan Joan does it by playing the game. Peggy does it by saying, fuck you, give me the chance. Mm-hmm. And even then, at a certain point, Joan goes, no, fuck you, I'm yeah, not playing the game. Yeah, and, exactly. and it makes yeah. sense that she does. And I, and I love how the female characters are written in this because from a basic male viewer's perspective, you might look at someone like Peggy and be like, man, she really becomes like a bitch. Like, you're, mm-hmm. like a really stupid person watching the show. It's like, no, she, yeah she may at certain points be a little like on edge and yeah she may have been don's favorite but she didn't ask to be don's favorite and yes she may like complain more than the other copywriters but like she had to be the way she was and like she succeeded because she was the way she was and like she she knew because she was a woman she had to put herself out there like that or else she was never gonna be taken seriously and like when she like her doing that made her as successful as she was you know and um i don't i'm thinking out loud here but are both of them married uh joan is married to start and then gets divorced and then peggy does not get married throughout the whole show i believe but so she, it's, but it's she funny en- right but she that, ends up with stan at the end but it's it's funny that um so we'll say what there's i'd say there's five female characters in the show you have roger sterling's wife uh is it jane yes well his first wife is you, mona no one cares about her <laughs> fair and, and then jane yeah. who works in the office for yeah. like five minutes and then gets married exactly so you have jane um and she's not an important character but she is there she's prevalent throughout the show from time to time um you have jane you have betty you have peggy you have um joan and you have um megan uh-huh and we're not gonna count sally because she's like sally doesn't fucking count um but, she, but she's like a child character exactly exactly um the only two f- female characters that accomplish anything are, are the ones that aren't married who peggy and uh and, and joan well okay i wouldn't go that far because megan does become a successful actress even though she's kind of thwarted by don's is she successful she was on a okay relatively for the era she was on a soap opera opera she quit to go live in california and then Don was like, no, I'm not moving. So she quit her soap because of Don, even though he said he was moving and then he didn't. And then okay. Jane, Jane, thing is, we don't see enough about Jane to know because I. Well, Jane's I, unhappy. Well, she's very unhappy. I could see because she's like, we get it from Roger's perspective. So it's kind of hard to really tell because Roger's like, oh, she says I like ruined her youth or whatever. I ruined her career. What career? 
but it's like yeah we don't but like what career we though? don't know what she well she was a secretary like maybe she wanted to move up but then she married young like megan no 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 if you if you, if you want to move up you you don't you don't do that yeah but i don't know it's because when you look at it right peggy is smart and joan is smart we all know that well, J- um, well when jane worked there she was smart though like she she actually like when no, was she? To- I thought she was an idiot. No, no, no. Actually, I remember when she was a secretary for a few episodes. She went toe to toe with Joan and won. And then she she's the one who decided to sneak into Burke Cooper's office when the other guys were too scared to. Like she was very. I do remember she's that. Ve- she showed very good initiative. A lot of times. But that that's that's different though. That doesn't mean you're smart. Well, it showed that she had. She wasn't like you know. Ma- she wasn't scared. She, she wasn't but- married. <laughs> Right, but I think it's it's different because Peggy, from time to time, well, Peggy does that, but she picks her battles wisely. She doesn't go, oh, let's sneak in, let's be fucking devious. She mm-hmm. goes, no, fuck you, give me the chance. Just because I don't have a dick doesn't mean yeah. I'm not I'm not good at the yeah, job. Yeah, no, absolutely. And Peggy, I think she didn't want to get married near the start, right? No, she did not. Yeah, she she has like Joan... three like shitty boyfriends. All of them are like shitty in different ways. Exactly, and it's funny because I think now you can tell me if I'm wrong, but Joan kind of tells her to be more of like us, like a slut, I guess. Um, but it's funny because Joan isn't one either. No, right? But now I'm not gonna say that Jane and um, Megan and them are sluts. I'm not saying that at all. But it's like Joan could have married Roger. Mm-hmm. She didn't. Peggy could have done other things not not to don but to, to other well, people peggy lily she, says she could have ruined pete's or not ruined pete's life but she could have controlled pete exactly and she doesn't right but the other characters are heavily reliant on their men uh you mean those two aren't megan and jane and uh and uh what's her face the child betty betty well okay the thing is with all th- three of those women who are relying on their man it's because I think they are very much like products of their environment, I guess, because all three of them are shown to be very smart in certain ways, but are kind of brought down by that. You know what I mean? Like Jane shows a lot of initiative and like, but she marries Roger, you know, she's like, oh, okay. And it's kind of like, yeah, you could be like, well, then don't marry him then. But like when you're, yeah. when you, when you have the opportunity, you're a young girl and a man of a lot of power. So he's going to change your life basically, especially back then. Let's say this would not probably happen now, but back then, if a man of yeah, a, it still happened now. Extra, well, yeah, but like, I, I feel like it was especially They're... more prevalent back then. Like a oh, older, yeah, 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 an older yeah. man, yeah. a business, an owner of a business said, Hey, I want to marry you, whatever. For a young girl, it's like, okay, I get a shortcut to success basically. You know what I mean? Like I have more opportunity being rich than, than being like a secretary right now, and who knows if I right. even say no, what would happen? You know what I mean? I'm not saying. But my main point is that Joan could have done that as well. She doesn't, and yeah. she's better off for it. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, no, we're on the same page. I'm just saying, like, it's a pro for those characters, but like when it comes to Jane, Megan, all of them, it's not necessarily a con. It's just that like they, they unfortunately were in an environment where like it just felt best for them to do that even though it caused them long-term unhappiness i think it's because they didn't trust in their own ability enough well no i think when you when you want a shortcut megan that definitely is the case 
Yeah. Because yeah. she doesn't believe. And then she's like, well, I, you know, can I maybe act now? And then it just kind of turns into. I think when you when you want a shortcut like that, it's because you don't have um, the trust that you will get to where you need to go by naturally getting there. Meaning, let, let's take a, a stupid example. Um, um, let's say you drink, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say you're upset about something. So you go drink. You're upset and you drink because you don't think you're ever going to be happy in like a quick enough way that you need to be. So you take the easy way. It was like, let me just drink. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's the same case with them versus Joan and Peggy are like, no, fuck you. Yeah, no, absolutely. More than one in three people will face cancer in their lifetime. Unfortunately, fear can stop you from getting your cancer screening, but it won't stop cancer. Early detection can save your life. Don't wait for symptoms to appear to act. Cancer screening is safe, effective, and accessible for everyone, including free or low-cost screening programs. Go to cancerscreeninfo.com right now for free screening resources and recommendations from the American Cancer Society. Don't wait. Early detection can save your life. Go to cancerscreeninfo.com today. Cancerscreeninfo.com. And now it's Geico's Motorcycle Rules of the Road. Before you ride, make sure your mirrors are clean and adjusted properly. And if you're going on a group ride, make sure the lead biker knows where they're going. Uh, Ed, quick question. Where are you taking us? Oh, I have no idea. What, am I the leader? (laughs) Because I was uh, following that dude with the red helmet. Where, Where is he? And the rule to saving on motorcycle insurance is, in 15 minutes, Geico could save you 15% or more. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, no, the female characters on the show are very well written. Uh, probably some of the best written female characters in, but yeah, the female characters in the show are really well written. Uh, when it comes to more of the side characters, uh, Harry Crane can die in a fucking hole. Uh, I didn't mind him too much. No, by the end, I fucking hated that dude see i don't remember him too much at the end I, the, the the most prevalent he, thing he basically blackmail or black not blackmails but he he's like oh megan you want your career to go well you should have sex with me like it was like oh. he, he became a very sleeve the thing, the thing is i feel like him and pete kind of like did reverse arcs like pete became better and then harry became like a worse human being mm. you know what i mean yeah harry he became a very sleazy California became a TV executive. Yeah, he became a sleazy. He became a fucking. uh, He he brought in the computer. He brought in the computer. Which, speaking of the computer, I don't even want to talk about Harry Crane because he's a piece of shit. But I mean, he's very like Harvey Weinstein because nobody, nobody, dude. I could see he's a creepy fuck. (laughs) But one of the flaws when it comes to specific storylines I want to talk about is I don't like the ending to Michael Ginsburg's story. Ginsburg, uh, he is the the. Did he die? He was take. He cut his nipple off and was sent to a mental institution. Do you remember that? Yes, yes, yes. I I really liked Ginsburg. I liked the dynamic him and Don had in the beginning. I liked his kind of like the thing is the mental health angle. I'm completely fine with because literally in one in one of the episodes he tells Peggy he was. Actually, no, he said he was born in a concentration camp, which I think is true. But he then says, no, that can't be true. I I think I was born on on Mars. Like, he's like a genuinely like out there guy, you know? Yeah. But like, he has really good ideas. And I don't know what happened. I think it was like they had plans for him and then it just kind of switched in the end. But eventually he just kind of goes nuts because of the computer and we never see him again. 
and I feel like it was a very what season was this? This was season seven. See, I don't mind it too much because, quite frankly, for me, near the end of series, I only care about the main characters. Like any other character, like a side well, piece, I yeah, don't care. I'll definitely, yeah. When we get into Dom's, well, the thing is with season seven, especially, I feel like that season has a very strong Dawn arc the entire time. And I feel like the side characters, for the most part, while I like their endings and where they end up, I feel like because of the split, there, there is like, it feels kind of like, some of it feels rushed. Mm-hmm. And not like bad, but like some of it, I feel like it could use just one more episode to perfect it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Every other season, it's like, oh yeah, you had the perfect amount of time to tell this story. And I feel like that's not the case for some of the parts of season seven. Yeah. Even though the first half I really like, but the second half, it's more like kind of scatter scattered you know what i mean yeah and i think ginsburg is a big part of that because they i don't know i just wish he i don't know what his ending would have been i couldn't have seen him going to mccann but i don't know wh- i don't know why they went that way with him and even if they did i wish you had one more scene with him towards the end of the series like yeah this is where he is right now like you know mm. but it just kind of i don't know i thought that was really underwhelming to be honest mm. I see. But uh, other side characters. Uh, what do you think of uh, a stand? Who? Uh, the one the the guy Peggy ends up with the uh, the guy oh, who remember. has the beer. I thought he was a good character. I just feel like like a lot of things in season seven. I feel like him ending up with Peggy was pretty rushed. I like I, I like Peggy like, single. As do I, but the thing is, I like them together, but the, I just wish there was one other scene where they developed that relationship at all. Because I, I wanted those two to actually get together. I was like, oh yeah, I feel like these two would be perfect. But like, it just was like, literally, if there's one flaw with the last episode, which I think Mad Men, and we'll talk about it, has like a kind of a pitch perfect uh, series finale. It's probably the Peggy and Stan stuff. So I guess the last character my... we should talk about is... um. Who's who's the the opposite of Don? The, um... Oh, Ted Shaw. Yes. Well, we'll also talk about Sally. We'll do that right before. Okay. We'll yeah. The ending. Yeah. We'll talk about Ted Shaw though. He is a character I hated through most of it because we see him through Don's perspective. I remember I was telling you about. It. I'm like, I don't know why you like Ted Shaw. Like he's a piece <laughs> of shit. Yeah. And you were just like, yeah, like I like him though. Yeah. And I'm like, why? And then when they merge the companies, you're like, oh no, he's actually a good human being. Yeah. He's don but like a normal guy who's nice and like uh yeah well nice until he sleeps with peggy and then just leaves yeah what are you gonna do <laughs> yeah, you know what happens. <laughs> no but the thing is i i believe that 100 percent though because unlike don who can live with himself through these affairs ted shaw he slept with peggy once and it was like no i need to move out like i can't ruin my family like this you know what i mean yeah like that, I think that's pretty good sign of a character. And then, yeah, he's just like he's a good. He was like a good side villain, and then he became like a good character in season six. Like I don't. Well, people talk about season six being the weakest. Like I don't disagree, but I like it for the Ted Shaw Don like kind of thing going on. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think I guess the last is uh we have Cole Sally Phillips, Dr- but like we we both like Cole Phillips, right? Oh, Ken Cosgrove's fucking awesome. Yeah. I think he he was one of the characters in the beginning who was kind of like 
one of like the uh you know one of the one of the guys like one of the like very sexist guys in the office and i think he became the most when it started talking about him and his writing i think he became one of the most sensitive and like probably ended up the best and happiest out of all of them really yeah he's like a character who just knew what he had and he was happy with that and i think you know it's He's a good guy, even though he got shot in the eye. Dude, that, that made boy. me upset. No, out of every character, why'd that have to happen? <laughs> yeah, why Why Cole Phillips, man? How's he going to fucking Phil- see crime with one eye? Cole, Cole, Cole Phelps, man. Phillips Phelps, fuck off. And then, <laughs> I'm trying to think of anyone else, God, I feel. Well, let's see, I have the box set with every character plastered on the screen. Oh, yeah, fuck Jim Cutler, too. Who? Uh, the guy who everyone Bert. Oh, we we forgot about Bert Cooper. Yeah, but I don't. What what can we say about Bert? I I think his he's a very enigmatic figure in the show, and I, I like, really like him because I like his painting. <laughs> I really I really like him because in the beginning, when Pete goes to him and he's like, "Yeah, I know Don isn't really who he says he is." Whatever he goes to Pete and he goes, "Mr. Campbell, who cares?" Oh yeah. And then one of my favorite lines in the whole show, and Don's like, "What? why would you do that for me? And he's like, well, one never knows when loyalty is born. And so he did that because it made no difference to him whether Don was fake or not, but him doing that caused Don to be loyal to him for the rest of it. Like, that's why he signed a contract afterwards. That's why he never left, because of that moment. Yeah. And I think that's like a brilliant scene. And after that scene, Pete himself is more loyal to Don as well. So like I think I think he's a character who like in the background kind of like says and does very like good things, but he's not like a main character. You know, he's like too old to be part of like the the culture they got going on with the rest of the company. You know? Yeah, he's like the the string puller. Yeah, in a way. In a way. Uh, if if Roger is like the spark, I'd say Burke Cooper is like the glue. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely say like he keeps everything together, and he's like he's the genuine leader of like the group. Sally um, Draper. Yeah, Sally Draper. She is just kind of a kid character in the beginning, and then towards the end, I think she has a really compelling thing with her with her dad, where she basically realizes that like Papa. she doesn't really know her father. She doesn't really know she's a bitch. Like, Sally Draper's a bitch. Yeah. I mean, she's a kid. That's what I mean. She's, she's a she's bitch. a teenager. Oh uh, yeah, but she's a teenager. Come on. Well, the thing is, okay. Also, she walks in on her dad having sex. Like shut she, up. Uh, she <laughs> genuinely. <laughs> Come on. Now. No, the thing is, she she. I really like the arc, especially in the last two seasons, where like she she's very disappointed in her dad. And I remember there's a this scene where they go to like a diner together, and he basically explains that like parents aren't perfect either, or whatever. It's on Valentine's Day, and she, like, leaves the car and says, all right, bye, I love you. And I think that's the first time Don's been told I love you by someone, like, not, like, like, when, like, Megan says, oh, I love you, whatever. Like, that's, I think to him, he doesn't really count that. Like, I feel like that's he shouldn't count it. It doesn't matter. You know why she loves him? Because he gives her money and protection and how, no, I'm I'm just talking out of my ass. Go ahead. Keep going. Oh, okay. But fucking, yeah, like, I think that was the moment where it kind of created, like, Don's redemption arc yeah. towards the end, really, where, like, he realizes that someone kind of loves him, and, like, 
Yeah, like I really like her. I really like how like she shits on her mom the whole time, but like when he has cancer, like she she does the right thing and like does stuff for her. Like it's, <laughs> I I don't know what. No, you're just like I, I I like the fact that she was a bitch, and then when she realized she couldn't be a bitch, she wasn't a bitch. <laughs> I, I she's she's a hard character to talk about because it's like a kid and uh my favorite was like, bobby okay bobby no the scene no okay the one of sequel. my favorite scenes <laughs> <laughs> the sequel the mad men <laughs> bobby draper <laughs> no but my favorite one of my favorite scenes is when don and bobby go to the movies they see plan of the oh Apes. yes 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 and 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 like they they talk about and then Bobby's talking to like the chauffeur. He's like, yeah, people go to the movies when they're sad. I guess it makes them think about, you know, like not what's going on in the world. Right. It's right after uh, Martin Luther King dies. So and then Don goes back. He's drunk and Megan's like, what is wrong with you? Like, why do you keep doing this? Whatever. And he has a speech about like how he's basically like what I want is what's expected of me. Like he, his whole life, he was like forced to love his children, even though he couldn't relate to them at all. And so. Like, that night when Bobby said that, he felt genuine love for his child. And he, like, didn't know how to feel about that, you know? Like, I found that, like, such a great scene. He he suffers from toxic masculinity. Don? Oh, no, absolutely. No, 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 no. Bobby. How? I'm just fucking with you again. <laughs> <laughs> you think I'm a like fucking 10-year-old ch- child could have been? <laughs> Masculinity. What the fuck? Right, I'm just imagining Betty, like w- towards the end when she's reading like Sigmund Freud. She's like, you know, Bob, you have toxic masculinity. <laughs> Bobby's like, what? I'm gonna be recasted in two minutes. What the fuck are you talking okay, about? No, no. One of the funniest scenes is. Do you remember when the uh, the lady breaks in? She says, and breaks oh, into the yeah. apartment. Dude, and that was weird. No, that was like surreal. I was like, I was so fuck? creeped out. Yeah, that was weird. But the funniest part is when she's like, yeah, you know, I'm your, I'm your father's grandmother. And Bobby goes, Sally, are we Negro? <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, like, it's not even like, it's not hateful. It's like, he's genuinely like, wait, are we? Like, it's like, like he's like an eight-year-old kid. <laughs> he looks down, he's like, yo, what the fuck are we? Are, are we? Like, <laughs> yo, Bobby like, is definitely the only kid no, I'm sorry. Bobby on that show is the only one who's on constant LSD. Like we think, I think I, we I think don't know. I think, that he's I think Roger me. towards the end. No, bro, because Roger doesn't get Roger's face doesn't change nearly as much as how many, how much Bobby's does in in this oh, series. Well, Bobby Draper's actor changed four times, but they, in the end, they finally got it right. Did they? No, they did. That the last Bobby is really funny. Who was the last Bobby? What's today's the one date, who by said the way? The, the, today's date? Yeah. The 18th? Okay, no, because I'm looking at my homework assignment. Okay, <laughs> keep going. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? <laughs> no, but, uh, yeah. I don't think he was on LSD. Hot take. But, you don't really? But, yeah, the fuck I don't did know. you see in this TV that, you show? See, you see, you, you hear that? The take? That's the take. Let, right let me tell you something, okay? You're telling me that you would just randomly see a black woman in the 1960s invading a house like that <laughs> and no one's going to take notice there's a doorman there buddy well the, well they were all kids bobby is on acid okay, trust me 
I know when somebody's on acid and when they are not. Okay. I think you're a cap. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> That's an inside joke. Anyway, any other any other people to talk about? I mean, I feel like we gave a nice summation of most of the people. I Can we talk about the Can the, we talk about the the black doorman? The black elevator man? Oh, I, he's like in the first few seasons, correct? Yes. Yeah, uh, what do you I, want to talk about? I really like the way he pushes buttons. Anyway, on to the... Uh... <laughs> Yo, come on now. I was good for the Eyes Wide Shut podcast, all right? <laughs> you, were, you were good. You were good, all right. So, but um, where are we... One thing where, that this we... show is missing, though, I have to say, is uh, the Hulk 2003 aspect. Oh, um, oh really? I think that it, it lacks the color green. It doesn't yeah, have I think I, th- I think that Eric Bana should have been Don Draper. Ang Lee would have made this show 10 times better. Yo, absolutely. I, I agree with you. Matthew Weiner, more like Matthew, not Ang Lear. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I concur. Um, I think we should move on to the final segment. I'm trying to think, like, what, what more we could really analyze before we talk about like the last stretch like, this video episode. to 10 minutes is that what you're trying to do stretch to 10 minutes absolutely <laughs> uh just trying to think yeah i mean guess we could talk about the ending and we think of anything else but like yeah it's uh the final episode everything kind of big they, they moved to mccann don basically fixes himself up which i found like a really compelling story arc uh like towards the beginning and then burke the ghost of burke cooper comes and invades them. (laughs) No, and I think I really like the ending of that because that's like the ending of like season, like the first part of the season. Like you didn't really notice it, but like that's the ending of the first part. And he's like singing like, you know, Don, the best things in life are free. And it's like the whole time Don has been fighting to get back to uh, the company, but what is he really, like he's back to where he was, basically. But he, no, but he isn't. Because he's, he's back free. to exactly where he is. He doesn't feel like he he's fought to get back to where he was. And he's got a lot of his relationships back. But, like, he still is the same person, you know? So when it comes to, like, he meets, like, the waitress or whatever. And that story arc was weird to me. Uh, the the, the uh, waitress, Diana. But uh, I, I understand its purpose, I guess. It's, like, the women he, like, basically accumulates. I mean, if that's a word we want to use. Like, he just, like uses and then in the end she just kind of uses him and like takes him for granted and then in the end he basically like goes all the way to uh to utah and then california to meet stephanie and he gets goes on a retreat Mm. basically and everyone and they're in mccann and they're working on coke Mm. and they're like where the fuck is don draper for like a month they're like where is he where's don draper few things happen joan gets fired roger sterling's still the boss um what's it called Peggy, she's doing good. A wonderful moment when uh, Peggy and Roger are the last two people in the company. And uh, Bert, he's like, yeah, walk in with Burt Cooper's painting. And it's like of a woman getting pleasure. That is octopus. the best painting I've ever seen in my life. I and the it. best part is when she walks in and somebody looks at the painting like, what the yeah, fuck? When she, yeah. <laughs> that, that moment was like perfect. Dude, way I think Peggy I'm going to get in. that painting. I'm going to look it up. If I ever become a successful business owner in like any sort of capacity, I'm gonna have that on my wall. 
And there's going to be the one guy who's like, oh, Mad Men. Nice. Let me see. And everyone else is going to be like, what the hell? Bart Cooper painting. <laughs> I wonder how much it is. Let's find out. What nine items? Okay, well, this is from Business Insider, so let's see. Uh, hmm, the fuck. I would okay. I'm gonna keep talking. Yeah, go ahead. And then you tell me the price when you find it. But goes to the retreat. Uh, Pete Campbell. Wait. Huh. Eighty-six point eight million dollars. E. Well, how the fuck did the show get that painting? <laughs> That's because it must have been copy. It's not the original. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes you just you just say things and then you realize they're dumb as soon as they exit. Hey, listen, them. I know, man. I know. Yeah, it happens. It happens. But anyway, uh, P. Campbell gets a new job in Wichita. He, similar... Okay, well, I'm going to wait till the very end to talk about, like, the character. Because a lot of characters parallel each other really well, I think. So I'm just going to keep going with Don's thing. He goes there, finds out Betty has cancer, is distraught. He's at the retreat. He, uh, he fucking, he's talking, he's at the retreat, and then Stephanie, like, leaves, takes his car, he's stuck there, right? And you kind of think at this point that Don's gonna kill himself. Like, he's at his lowest point, he has basically nothing, he calls Peggy, he's like, I've, I've ruined my life. She's like, no, 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 like, what have you really done that bad? Like, we all like you, and he just is listing things off. He's like, I just wanted to hear your voice, I'm sorry. Takes it. A woman comes up to him like, hey, like, come to this meeting, whatever. And probably the biggest moment in the whole series is by a random dude. So he's in the meeting and you think that Don's going to get up and, like, expose himself and, like, tell everyone in this therapy meeting, like, how he is. But instead, it's a random guy named Leonard. Now, Leonard goes up and he explains a story about how he feels like when he walks into a room, he sits down and no one even, like, looks at him. And he tells a story about a fridge and how he feels like he's on a shelf in the fridge and people open it, they smile and they look at him, but they're not the first thing they see. And then they close it and then the, and the light goes out in the fridge. And Don looks at him straight away, gets up and hugs him and they start crying in each other's arms. And that's the moment I think that I think Don really found I, I think he connected with someone in a way he never thought he would. And he kind of connected through alienation in a way. Do you do you, you know the scene I'm talking about, correct? Yeah, I do. All right. in do a you circle? have those? Yeah, where they're, in, where they're in the circle. And then Leonard says that. And then Don kind of like breaks down and cries. And it cuts to a montage of where all the characters end up. You know, Peggy's like copywriting and stands there. And then uh, Pete gets on a plane with his family because he reconnects with his wife played by the wonderful Alison Brie wonderful Mwah. and then uh, uh, I'm trying to remember Roger ends up with Megan's oh, Megan's mother oh yes which, which is hilarious yeah, which is honestly too, no honestly that is the perfect ending for Roger I don't, I don't care what anyone says because those two are perfect for each other or how they're just insane <laughs> and then uh, another one Betty is there and then uh, Sally whatever and it's last shot John Draper you know uh, he's uh, he's meditating and then you hear like a little ding and then a coke ad comes up we I'd like to buy the world a coke and it's like one of the most famous ads of all time yeah I don't know why 
<clears throat> I mean, at the time, I guess it kind of like spoke to like people. I don't know, but it is one of the most That's famous. Fucking idiots. It is one of the most famous, and it's implied <laughs> that Don makes it. Like is it Don implied? makes the ad. It's basically text. Like, it's basically, yeah, he fucking made it, but people were like, oh, did Peggy make it? Like, no. I think, he made it. I think it was Bobby. <laughs> Bobby went on LSD trip and created the Hilltop ad. <laughs> but no, like, when it comes to the ending, I don't know your thoughts on it. But I'm gonna give my interpretation. I want to know if you I don't. Agree I don't. That. I don't have one, by the way. I, I genuinely didn't understand it, and at that point, I didn't care to look it up. Okay, that's yeah. fair. Yeah. But here's my interpretation of the ending. Go ahead. So when Don Draper's entire thing is basically that he's alone and he's living a lie. He's living a complete contradiction. He is selling a life that he hates living. He is putting up a facade, and basically he goes to. He goes to, you know, uh, like meetings with like soldiers, or whatever. But he himself is not a soldier. He or he was, but he, like he he doesn't have the purple heart, really. Like he's not that man. His his ex wife, like his first wife Anna, not truly. He didn't marry her. Like he's just like a woman. Everything in his life is a lie, and he feels like the need to push people away because of that. And in that moment. With when Leonard said what he said, he felt a genuine connection to someone else through his alienation. And I think in that moment, you can look at it too. There is an optimistic way to look at the ending, and there's a cynical way. You can Don Draper finally finds a connection with someone, and he either change he either changes for the better, and he creates the ad out of his genuine feeling of love that he has for people, because he himself realizes that like. People in his life do love him. And by like making an ad about giving the world a Coke, he wants to unite with people now. Like he he can finally live with, with people. Or you could see it. He uses his inspiration to sell people. Instead of in the beginning when he was selling people cancer with cigarettes, he's selling people diabetes with Coke. <laughs> no, no, like literally. Like you, there is a... There's an optimistic and a cynical way to look at it. Either he's using it and he's using the ad to share his newfound love of living or he's doing it to sell ads. Now, what do I think it is? I actually think it's I think it's both because I think in that moment and I've been thinking about this a lot because like the ending genuinely, I think, kind of affected me in a way. I think in that moment, Don Draper realized his life is a contradiction and I think he accepted that contradiction. Yes, he is selling diabetes to everyone, but he, out of that, like advertising in general is supposed to be this co- corporate shill, like capitalist nightmare where people are being forced to buy a certain thing. But I think in that moment, Don realized that like, it's not that he's selling people what he feels like they should want. He, I, at, at that moment, he's selling people what, they already won they just don't know and i feel like he like he uh, finally understands that converse like that contradiction and can live his life as an ad man or an ad man and like find an inner peace in a way and like it's not like from that moment forward he was this perfect human being who like loved everyone and like danced through like rose petals or whatever but like i feel like he has a sense of who he is now and he can kind of put Dick Whitman behind and like be Donald Draper and like be an ad man and kind of like in, 
like have an inner peace in a way but that's just my interpretation of it like it's both it's optimistic he genuinely changed that day but it's also cynical but like he uses the cynical aspect of it to push like his feelings on the world now like he wants to buy the the where he felt the world never wanted to give him a coke so he wants to give he realizes that they did and he just didn't get it he wants to give the world a coke now so that's how i interpreted it okay i don't have an interpretation like i said yeah but I, does uh, mine make sense does it feel like does yeah, it like I mean, make sense I mean, it's not like i'm just like projecting no i i um truth be told i don't i don't really remember too much mm-hmm. of the the final seasons um mm-hmm. the ending i wasn't fond of because i i couldn't care anymore because mm-hmm. the show was ending i know i sound like a prick right now but uh oh absolutely yeah yeah no absolutely but um yeah i don't i don't have an interpretation and when i was watching the ending i was like oh, okay it's about the end and then the coke commercial came on i was like what the fuck was that and then it ended i was like okay hmm, nice yeah yeah but but yeah but like that's my thing for the ending i i i find it very optimistic in that like it uses the kind of cynical nature of it to create something like his 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 newfound love of living in a kind of way so and i really like the parallels between the characters because Pete campbell is a guy who at the end or in the beginning he he wanted to be a businessman, an ad man, whatever. And he kind of like put aside his family. And then towards the end, he became a family man where Don Draper wanted to be a kind of family man and live a certain type, kind of lifestyle. And towards the end, he'd be like, no, I am an ad man. And they both are valid lifestyles for each of the characters. You know? Yeah. With Pete, you definitely get that sense because with Pete, he wanted to, um, he wanted to be Don Draper in, in the ad world. Mm-hmm. He wanted that respect. He wanted yeah. all of that. And, Later on, he re- he actually loses his wife, right, and then gains it back. And he's like, you yeah, know what? she it. she kicks him out. Yeah, and so he's like, you know what? No, I need to go back. I need to go back to her. He does go back. He makes things right. You would ass- well, he does make things right, and then you assume they live on happily ever after. Yeah, versus Don's all alone, but successful as fuck. No, but but no, it's implied he because the actual coke ad that was made by. Uh... That was made by McCann. So it's implied he literally walked in, was like, I have the greatest idea for an ad ever. And then he he became, he made the most successful ad of all time. Which, by the way, when uh, there's a scene where Don is giving a performance review of Peggy, and he's like, what do you want out of, like, like an ad? And she's like, oh, I want to create a successful jingle. Like, I want to make the best ad of all time. And then, ironically, Don himself, like, makes fun of her, but he himself does that. I'm just imagining like a season eight of the show where that happens <laughs> and Peggy getting pissed as hell. He's like, he just walks in here and fucking makes the best out of all time. <laughs> like I can see it right now. Like Look it's Peggy. Oh my God. <laughs> what? Oh, <laughs> oh, oh yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> That's actually kind of, you know, Dino, uh, you know, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Moss is a, uh, is a is Scientologist. Yeah. 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 Who that's think inducted uh, her in. Uh, Tom Cruise. It was me, Austin. Oh, it was me all along. Such a shame. But yeah, I'm um, gonna have to cut other... that part out because that's kind of a spoiler. Yeah, and we will start talking. Oh, that's fine. 
<laughs> no, but and then uh, Roger ends up with Megan's mom. Uh, I'm trying to think of other like parallels. Yeah, like everyone just kind of towards the end gets what they really want. But I wouldn't say I'd say it's a happy ending. But I feel like there's room for it to uh, like. I I think the show ends on a good note where like you're like okay it's good now but there's like a twinge of like doubt like kind of like in real life you know like betty with her cancer joan she gets left by her boyfriend yeah like she's dead but like joan gets left by her boyfriend uh but she runs her own business like who knows like what her mindset will be in like five years uh peggy is keeping the copyright job she rejects joan's offer to uh create a production company because she's like i don't want it but like who knows like if that could have been more successful for her if she'll ever for, uh, regret that she now pete is an interesting one because the last shot is him getting on a plane but as you know in season two his dad died from a plane crash and his mom <laughs> died at sea wow yeah so that might be like a little like oh man is pete gonna survive this one hopefully <laughs> I think what ends up happening is like the baby jumps out of the airplane with like a parachute. Yeah. And <laughs> the ba- ba- baby cam. Oh, Tammy. Tammy Camel. Tammy. Yo, what a terrible name. Tammy, Tammy Campbell. Tammy Campbell. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. What? Yo. I, I guess it's better than. Well, it's about as good as Trudy Campbell. Trudy Campbell. Trudy, Trudy, Trudy. <laughs> but fucking. Yeah. I. What was I going to say? Oh, we didn't talk about the best scene in the entire show. Uh, it's all been building up to this. So when uh, Pete's mom gets uh, thrown in the ocean by Bob Benson's oh, fucking... Oh, we didn't talk about him. Fuck that guy. Who? Bob Benson. Oh, him. The guy in the elevator. He's like, oh, how you doing? Not great, Bob. <laughs> best scene in the entire show by far. No, 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 second bad. The best scene is actually when they're uh, getting, uh, they're they're thinking of getting bought or uh, getting like combining with McCann and uh, Rogers. Like, you know, your stocks, uh, you know, one percent is worth one million dollars. And Pete goes, "I have ten <laughs> percent." Just Pete Campbell, best character Not in the show. Bob. <laughs> Not great, Bob. <laughs> Dude, that scene that scene's the best in the show. But yeah, uh I think yeah, we should wrap it, kinda, it up. This is gonna go on for fucking two hours, Matthew. Yeah, no. I remember when we were like, yeah, this should be like a fifty minute episode, but yeah, I had I had a lot to talk about. You did. God damn. People people yeah. new to this podcast are gonna be like, does this other motherfucker ever talk? No, they're they're like, Oh, I only want to listen to Mad Men one. They're like <laughs> Well, let's see. This guy barely talked, and then at the end, he was like, "Yeah, I didn't care about the ending." Yeah, I, I know. He has sound like a fucking prick. <laughs> oh well, I'm used to it. I don't give a fuck. I'm like, who am I? I am Roger Sterling. Fuck uh, off. Are you? I am. No. Well, oh, yeah. Can we also talk about the uh, before we end this off? Because I we talked about the show. Now. Can we talk about the weird? kind of fascination people have with don draper for the wrong reasons that's the same thing with uh jordan belford absolutely and it's it's these stupid business majors who think they will do anything (laughs) in wall street go die i don't think it's just business majors i feel like there's just a and this happens with like a lot of shows like and movies joker uh walter white really like yeah there was like a weird thing with that 
Yeah, with like the Joaquin Phoenix. Well, I think all versions of the Joker, really. A bunch of fucking losers, man. It's, it's you know <laughs> you know what it is. It's people thinking that the movie or the TV show is based on them. Thinking like, oh, I'm like no, that. No, no, it's that like they look at like, I think it's really what it is. They look at like aesthetic, really. So they like the aesthetic of like Don Draper, right? And they like, oh yeah, he gets women, he gets whatever, but like he's a miserable fuck throughout this entire show like he hates his life completely and like i don't understand why like anyone who truly wants there's like a weird series no there's a there's a weird series on youtube and i don't know if you've ever seen these videos it's like mad men how to handle and it's why this one guy who i think just watched the show with like wanting to be like don and so it's like how to handle a stupid hipster. And it's like a scene where Don's clearly in the wrong. Or like, no, the best one. Are you talking how, about how charisma to on command? No, not that. There's a different one. It's by like some weirdo. And it's like how to handle a pretentious intellectual. And it's a scene where Don is actually in the wrong and being sexist the entire time to a to like a doctor. And like the, the, like the description's like, yeah, this is how a real man handles it. Like, how, what's what? the video called? How to handle a pretentious intellectual. A pretentious. Yeah, like watch it afterwards. Like it's like, it's like surreal. Like how do you watch that? It's like the it's like the people who, no, like I think the best scene that's most uh, misinterpreted is when Ginsburg and him are in the elevator, and Ginsburg goes, "I feel bad for you," and then Don goes, "I don't think about you at all." That's amazing. When, yeah, they cut it, but the thing is, every video they put, they're like, oh yeah, thug life. Like, dude, Don Draper, what a badass. The scene right afterwards is Don walking towards the camera with a face that's like really worried because he thinks about Ginsburg a lot. Like, it's a lie. But I think I think the videos are, aren't real though because I'm looking at him right now. Um, I just think it's like badass clips of Don Draper. Because no, he has another it's... one called How to Handle an Argumentative Hippie. No, but, like, they, they don't get that Don is in the wrong in most of these situations. Or at least, like, r- as wrong as the people he's talking to. Yeah. Because the context... Because if you watch the genuine context of it, it's, like, someone, like, hey, you should uh, think about this. No, that's fucking stupid. Like, you dumb bitch. Like, that's literally yeah, but what's they, going on. I don't on. think they watch it for that. They watch it because he's a badass, right? Because what I watched but he's it a- for... But, he, but he's actually really not, though. Yeah. He's, he's not. His... The thing is, I think... No, I think the best... Thing that describes don draper is in season seven where someone asks him for advice and he's like oh yeah when i worked on lucky strike i would uh you know i i would just go in there and i when i mess up i just say oh it's uh it's great you uh, came in and embarrassed yourself again and one of the employees does that fucks up goes to don he's like well don's like well you should have just thought of something yourself you know you should have had character and then the guy goes fuck you you don't have character you're just handsome like he facts it's just it's just no literally like it, he creates a narrative for himself to like by the way we have reached the two hour mark i think like that's interrupt you but like this is a historical landmark on the hollywood bible i no. i didn't think this would be the episode we did it Me but neither. i'm honestly not surprised nah, in hindsight keep going keep going yeah but no like it's like he creates this narrative for himself but he himself is very weak i think honestly we keep analyzing but like in the uh, probably the best episode of the entire show, which is the suitcase, uh, is the episode where Don and Peggy are 
like working together like alone in the office it's the one where he's like yeah I know oh, this. that's what that's what the money is for yeah 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 so the best example is when duck phelps comes in who is probably even more pathetic character than don like than anyone else in the entire show just absolutely pathetic comes in hammered and don they're both supposed to be war veterans but don isn't really so duck so duck just comes up and beats the shit out of him just absolutely manhandles him by duck phillips and it's just like this veneer that he puts on like it's fake like he isn't tough he isn't very happy like it's he's not really a badass he's just handsome yeah you know and it's if he would, act, if, if Pete, that's why when, when when Pete Campbell tries to be like him, he comes across cringy. Because he's you copying know? a man who's already copying something that he's not. He's copying an idea of a person. That that's who he is. Hmm. And see? like it, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot to this fucking show. There, hey guys. It's a good show. It's it's a it's a very interesting now, show. I'll I'll ask one more question though. Like I've I've shit on Don Draper for being like, yeah, whatever, but he kinda gets a happy ending. Do you think he deserves a happy ending? Like do you think he's a likable character even yes. through it all? I agree with you. Why yes. why do you say so? I think mainly because uh it, it's mainly because no, okay, wait, do you want me to answer this from the audience's point of view or just like if I was working with Don at that company, do I think he deserves a good life? Okay, I think, no, I mean from the audience's point of view, like would you say, oh yeah, I definitely want this guy to succeed? Oh yeah, absolutely. You see where he comes from, you see the childhood that he had, you see mm-hmm. what he had to do, and you see a glimpse of his past when he was happy, when he, had, he was working at the store, begging Roger Sterling, like, hey, like, give me a chance. Goes oh, that the, scene is so funny. Yeah, goes into the elevator, he's smiling <laughs> he's, and everything. He's fucking, he's like, what are you doing here? I told you, get away from me. You hired me. What? <laughs> <laughs> so good. So good. So he he has he has all that and you see it taken away from him somehow in some way probably because of success i think i you don't see it in the show but i think if i had to put my own take on it it was probably because he had success and he was like well what do i do with this um and he didn't know where to put it so he just kept going for more success but mm-hmm. it becomes hollow afterwards after a long while yeah. it, it's a combination of just success and like Number one, well, number one, stealing another man's identity, like living in fear over getting caught, success, and just like having to put up a barrier between himself. But the thing is, he his was more extreme than most people's. But I think, especially towards the end, he realized that like everyone puts up the same barrier. You know, everyone puts up a barrier of like, especially like like let's say well females do it too of course but like just from a man's perspective a man has to put up like a wall you know what i mean like as a man you're expected to be like a certain amount of like strong and like you don't do this at a certain point you don't just cry whatever you don't do this and females also have a wall that they have to like keep up in order to not be judged you know what i mean now don's was more extreme and that's why he was so unhappy but i think especially towards the end he realized that like he's not the only one with that wall you know but I he think, thought he was. I think Don's just a fucking bitch. He needs to get over his issues. Well, you see that? You're making his wall even bigger, Rick. You shouldn't no, do that. No, I think he needs to man up and do what men do. Go drink your problems away, you fuck. 
dude what do you think season six was it was just <laughs> that it was just that yeah but, yeah um yeah i agree with you he is a likable character though even through it because we see him when he's at his most vulnerable and he tries to change he just like he just is stuck in his ways like he just can't do it it's not until he literally loses everything in his entire life his both his wives leave him he he loses position he loses respect from a lot of people whatever and then he gets it back but he realizes no that's still not enough for me it's not until he's on that cliff in california about to jump off about no he's not about to jump off (laughs) well no i i do think he thought about killing himself at that moment though if it wasn't for leonard like leonard i don't think realizes how much effect he had on don draper's life if you've got an insurance question you could talk to a dentist but instead of filling you in on ways to save on your policies he'd probably be too busy filling in that loose crown or you could talk to your local geico agent who will use their expertise to polish up your policies from home and auto to renters motorcycle boat and rv2 so while yes your dentist can save your smile your geico agent could save you money which will make you use that smile a whole lot more to find a geico agent near you visit geico.com local shop mattress firms year-end sale and put an end to junk sleep Save up to $500 when you get a king bed for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin. Plus, get a free adjustable base with qualifying Sealy purchase, up to a $4.99 value. Or shop top-selling brands and get up to 50% off select mattresses, like Sealy Twin Mattresses starting at $224.99 or Serta Twin Mattresses at $349.99. And shop with confidence thanks to our low-price guarantee. Only at Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. See store for details. Do you have the hiccups, by the way? Uh, I just, I just got it. I think you should drink some water. I, I ran out of water, but Dude, you know it's okay. Completely fucked that, aren't you? <laughs> Dude, my life's over. What can uh, I say? I have to about it. Death by hiccups. But no, like I think, yeah, I think he's definitely a likable character, but only really to the audience. And I can buy why characters in the show think he's a fucking piece of shit because he puts up a wall like he's a fucking piece of shit, and especially in season six where he screws over the company from being publicly traded and Jones fucking pissed at him. I can buy that. She still doesn't want him back for the rest of the show. Yeah. Cause he, he, he burned too many bridges, but I think he had to in order to, I don't think he with the Jones situation though. I don't think he burned, um, that bridge enough for her to be that pissed at him still because of all the people who said, Oh, she should sleep with the guy to get the deal. He was the one who didn't. That that's a fair. So for statement. her to be the most mad is actually I I I think that's dumb. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, but also he he kind of fucked with her money a little bit because it took her a while because she was not the richest of the, all the partners. Yeah, like she she was a single mom living with her mother, and she and them becoming publicly traded would have been big, but he stopped that like he came in he's like no fuck it and nobody called him out on it like imagine like someone fucks up completely like fucks up everything in your life and he's about to get called out but it's okay because someone just comes in and goes no no no, it's okay because we have chevy or we have this you know what i mean like i feel like i completely understand her being bitter about that for the entire time i don't because she was so happy that he was the one who said don't do it and he went out of her way to tell her that so that's why I understand that she's upset 
that she's mad, but I don't think she can be that bitter about it. It's a fair statement. I, I don't disagree, but I, I can at least see it. And I think at the end, they kind of like get over it. Yeah, but and it's but, also like money versus but, but integrity. Also, you need to understand he he fucked up that money and then like the Hershey pitch really like fucked him up. Like that was just like the biggest embarrassment in the company history. Right, probably. but like when you when you compare though, um what Don said to her, what Don did to her was like to save her integrity versus mm-hmm. what Don took away from her was money. Like I get she needed it, but like there there's fucking standards. Yeah, but I'm trying to remember the exact thing with that because i remember there was like did she know don wasn't in the room or was in the room for that meeting because i know he comes in and says like no don't do it but i remember there's one point he where wasn't she's in like, the, he wasn't in the meeting no i know he wasn't in it but did she think he was in it i don't think so she like did. maybe she he thought she thought that like don was just trying to save his own ass i don't remember for sure i think you're right on your interpretation like i think that's kind of like it's kind of a thing on her, but, like, yeah, I... That's the only part that annoyed me. If they hadn't had that part, then I wouldn't be annoyed that she um, did that. And also, like, Don is the only one that she doesn't have issues with throughout the show in terms of, like, the men. Because, like... Well, and I, well, I also think that, like, she went out of her way to do that for Jaguar, and then Don just went and fucking did So, even though he tried to stop it, he also made her her doing that completely pointless but she told him he he has the interpretation and the understanding that she didn't do it and that he did save her yeah but like she doesn't like she's still gonna feel a certain way about it yeah but get over it yeah no well no but we're in the argument where it's like i understand why the character would feel that way about oh that, yeah though. i do too but to an extent not for that long and not to be that bitter towards someone that has helped you out in different ways yeah like i i like the scene where they're at the bar together i think it's in season five yes and, uh, yeah i know what you're talking yeah about. that's a very good scene and i i wish we got more of that i honestly think they're both the kind of uh the kind of like alphas of their respective like parts of the office really yes. so when they do come together it's like really like fun and i wish we had more of that especially in the beginning because like don's like the alphas of like the like the creative type like the and all the account guys whatever and then joan of the secretaries basically yeah and there's a they reason kind of, why they don't date either is because you can't mix you can't match those two like no absolutely work. Also, Don wouldn't date someone who he would butt heads with, like Joan. Exactly. I think yeah, they no, talked about that. Yeah, no, because I think it literally the he says, like, scene. yeah. Yeah, no, he. I think he says, like, yeah, like, I was, like, terrified of you. Yeah. It was like, you were the only one that didn't give me flowers. And then, like, he gives her flowers at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. You can't have those types of scenes and then be that butthurt, man. Or not butthurt, but, like, bitter. You can't do it. Yeah, no, I understand where you're coming from, but I could, I, I could buy it though. I was hurt when they were when they were fighting. I was like, damn. No, because yeah, I, I, I hated it too. But yeah. like, I, I know I hated it not because it was like that badly written. I just like, I was like, damn. Like, I wish these two characters liked each other again. Yeah. Like if like if Don and Roger ever hated each other, I feel like I would have felt the same way. Yeah. But. but. I think yeah. we have spoken quite in. Well, you have, 
I, I've, been, I've been I've been waiting to talk about this show. So, and, and we it's... did leave a uh, preface it. Is that the, am I saying that right? Preface it. Precedent. Precedent. We we say. <laughs> oh, you prefaced it. Yes, that's the word. Yeah. It's twelve o'clock. You fuckers, mm-hmm. don't you dare judge me. Um, <laughs> we we I said in the beginning that it would mostly be Matt because he's seen it like literally tonight. He finished it. No, I finished it last night. Oh, I'm sorry. I finished it last year. Um, so there has been a big gap, but I think you did a fantastic job. Oh, thank you. Appreciate explaining it. it. Um, I will say, however, that once you are ready to watch the show that is even better than this in terms of analysis, I will be ready. Okay. I can't wait to finally watch the... F- uh, what's a bad show? <laughs> you uh, fucker, you're right. Arrow. <laughs> Arrow. Season uh, four? Is that where it gets bad? Three. Oh, season three. Season three. Um, you know, you know what I loved. I loved that you hated Arrow season three, even back when you liked Arrow, like really a lot, because you were like, like it was bad even back then. Yeah, yeah, because I, I could tell that I'm like something's not right here. You know what I mean? Because um, mm-hmm. I was so heavily we're getting on Arrow now. I was so heavily into Arrow, and then I would watch like discussions on YouTube that people would have of it and stuff like that. And then they were yeah. like, "Yo, this shit's kind of going weird." And I was like, "Yeah, it, it really is. It doesn't have the same feeling, and it doesn't help because season two was amazing." Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, but no, I'm talking about Peaky Blinders. You son of a bitch. Dude, I'll watch it at one point. And we can we can do the Netflix party. What are you doing? Oh man, I wish we could have Netflix party mad, man. Honestly. Yeah, you fucking always a year delayed on this shit, you asshole. Hey listen, I I I finally did it and I'm glad I did, because it's uh yeah, it's prou it's it's probably up there with some of my favorite dramas that I'm I'm gonna rewatch it when I go back to college. I'm showing my roommates. So because I have the I have the box set now which comes with drinking glasses which is sick <laughs> and uh yeah like i'm pretty excited to rewatch it this may end up as one of my if not my favorite drama like this uh yeah i was really excited like What's your as other i was one drama uh i love the i dramatically hate that show yes wow. uh i also i don't know if it's no i'd say i like it better than the wire the Wire is also my favorite drama. Game of Thrones ruined itself. There was a point I'd say Game of Thrones is my favorite drama. Now, was anyway. this besides Game of Thrones ruining itself? Was this better than Game? Of, where would you put this on Game of Thrones if it wasn't ruined? Like compared to Game of Thrones season one through four, when whenever it was good. That's hard. It's just just so, just so I know. Like, you don't have to put Mad Men, obviously, at the top. Just so I know where you put it. Because I haven't seen Game of Thrones because apparently the last season is trash. So I, why would I watch something that gets Oh, there? God. My aunt just started watching it. She's like, oh, I'm so invested. I'm, like, on season three. I'm like, man, you don't have no idea. <laughs> oh, man. But, no, I, I'd, I'd say Mad Men is still slightly better. Yeah. Wow. Slightly. But, oh. no, I'm a big Thrones guy. Well, the thing is, I just feel like... Like Game of Thrones at its peak was brilliant, but I feel like there were moments even in its best seasons where I feel like the writing would get lazy, and I never felt the writing was really lazy on Mad Men. Ever. Right. 
And I feel like even there were, you know how I said the even the best shows have bad episodes? Even through the good seasons of Game of Thrones, I'd be like, oh, that's a bad, that's a bad episode. Or that's not a great episode. They're not a bad episode of Mad Men, I don't think. Right. So I'd say consistent wise, I'd say in terms of character arcs through an entire show and the kind of like, and I don't mean to like, like, be dramatic here i think it's a show Mad Men's a genuinely a show that as i was watching it kind of changed the way i looked at the world in a way like right. in terms of like you know why is it that i do the things that i do you know like is it because i want to is it because society kind of forces me to like what am i truly happy and what will make it so is what i want is that really going to make me happy you know what i mean especially as someone who like me and you are like creative types i think I feel like we kind of like think about stuff like that a lot, you know? And like, this is a show that I feel like took that feeling and like amplified it. And then like, that's why I enjoy it so much. I think we should create our own religion. Dude, just like L. Ron Hubbard, bro. Who? The guy who that, created Scientology. thought that was the founder you know, of Hinduism. No, L. Ron Hubbard, he was a sci-fi writer who was quoted as saying, yeah, I could probably create a religion if I wanted to. And then he did. Wow. No, I'm not even kidding. Real quote. I like said, the, I probably... the initiative. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> He's like, well, well, what do I want that would make me happy? Let me steal money in a form of religion. And then he did. <laughs> what a god. Literally. Literally. No, lit- no, the god is Xenu. Who? That's the god of Scientology. Xenu. The, what does uh... he do? I'm sorry. Oh, they... god. By the way, I found <laughs> the painting for $60. <laughs> <laughs> dude can you imagine buying that shit for 60 million and then fucking go on uh etsy and you can get it for 60 dollars <laughs> go on redbubble Zenu. wait how do you spell it Zenu. uh x e oh, okay okay, okay we've gone on pretty long Hold up. what is Zenu? um uh who bought billions of his people to earth director of the galactic confederacy <laughs> <laughs> dude it was a sci-fi writer what like can I say? spacecraft 75 million years ago stacked them around volcanoes and killed them with hydrogen bombs yeah it's true yep. ladies and gentlemen That's... you can only get this on the hollywood bible hope you guys enjoyed this two hour and 15 minute or so ramble Every, everyone watch madden Great no show. i don't know where you can't watch <laughs> it anymore no, okay, it's coming to IMDb TV. Don't worry. Party at Matt's house. B- party at my house in North Dakota. Yep. North I'll see you there. <laughs> I'll see you there. And we're out. If you've got a personal auto insurance question, you could talk to a cab driver. Although the policies he recommends might include avoiding the interstate, beating traffic by taking the back roads, and only making left turns when absolutely necessary. Or you could talk to your local GEICO agent, whose policy is to use their expertise to navigate your insurance, finding the best route to help you save money on insurance for your home, car, and more. And as an added bonus, you'll be able to avoid traffic jams and potholes entirely. To find a GEICO agent near you, visit geico.com local. University of Maryland Global Campus has more than 20 years' experience providing affordable online education to military service members and working adults. 
Offering low tuition, no-cost digital resources replacing most textbooks, scholarships for those who qualify, and more. Learn more at umgc.edu slash podcast.